Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Monday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. 202, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Let's start off with some positivity. Happy Stanley Cup anniversary to everybody, huh? Stanley Cup was won four years ago today, Jamie. Yeah, it was, Anthony. Four years ago today on June 12th. So congratulations to you Blues fans winning four years ago, huh? We're going to celebrate tonight, in fact. We got the entire airing, commercial-free, of the Stanley Cup Final Game 7 against the Boston Bruins directly after the show. 6 o'clock to 7.30. It's going to lead you right into NBA Finals Game 5 tip-off. My Heat have a lot of work to do. I admit that. There's some issues there. Their season's on the verge of, uh, you know, falling apart. Some would argue that the Cardinals season has been on the verge of falling apart now for a couple of weeks. What? what are you talking about, Anthony? They got the league some, right where they want them. Some would say the season never really got off the ground for the Cardinals. What are you talking about? As they drop another series. They've lost uh, seven of their last ten. I think they've lost four straight series. I don't think they've won a series for like six, six straight, I think. They split with the Royals, which really should be considered a loss. But Anthony, can I um, can I be honest with you? Yeah. Circle of trust here, right? Absolutely. Do you need the mics off? No, no, no. Okay. That's fine. Our listeners are part of my family. Okay. Fine. Nice. We're good with that. Um. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried about this team, Anthony. <laughs> now. I mean. Now you are. Now I am. Okay. I mean, I've seen some bad baseball. Okay. You didn't get there until now. But I, I've been like hanging on, <laughs> yeah, fingernails. Just Jamie's been clawing on. for that inch. I have been, and I'm worried, man. Watching some of the mistakes that are happening out there, especially in the field, like that's where you're usually like locked down. Your offense can sputter, and I think in Cardinal Nation, we're kind of used to the roller coaster ride of offense. Uh, Maybe not quite so used to, oh, I don't know, runners in scoring position at such a high rate and doing nothing with it. Maybe we are, actually. Last year was a lot of the same. But what we're not used to is watching what we're seeing in the field. The errors, the mistakes, the not not even errors, just, you know, executing poorly. Like that just, I am not used to that. So now I'm officially worried. They gave away the game yesterday. The Reds scored a run without getting a hit. Yeah, it's a problem. yesterday. That's a talent to win the game. It's a problem. 
What are we doing? Well, what are we doing? Jordan Walker misplaying the ball in left field. Paul DeYoung not throwing to the correct side of the plate. I mean, that's a, big, if, okay. that's a big error. So, Paulie D, I saw that play, and I watched it over and over, and he's not even that far away. I, I don't know how you throw it to the wrong side. Now, you can say anything you want about Contreras. Oh, he didn't catch the ball. It he's doesn't got, matter. He's got to try that's and on, that's on DeYoung. reach over, catch that, turn quickly, and tag. Like, it's got to be in a, in a millisecond. Yeah. If that, if that throw is anywhere towards the middle, let alone actually the right side of the plate where he should have caught it or where he should have thrown it, if it's even in the middle, Contreras has a play there, and he probably gets the out. He threw it. It was like a wild pitch. Yeah. Big Willie there behind the plate. He had no idea. He's got no, no shot. No chance. He's got a first of all. He's got a catcher's mitt on. Okay, and I realize that catcher's <laughs> catch is in that catcher's mitt uh, statement, but it, he's he's got a catcher's mitt. So for him to go over, Jamie, you're right. He's he has got to simultaneously catch, tag. It's got to basically be all in one motion. And Paul DeYoung throws to the wrong side. It is a small thing that adds up huge in the course of a game, let alone it being, March to your point, in a crucial moment. And I don't want to hear anything about Ellie Dela Cruz being fast, make the throw. Make, I don't oh, care. Yeah, no. I don't I don't need to hear well, no. you know, he he maybe rushed the throw because you know the it's guy running leaguer. home is is fast. I don't care. Make the throw. Paul DeYoung has been in the big leagues now since when? 2018, 2019? That's a throw he's got to make. That's a throw he's got oh, to make. Every day. And it's not just Paul DeYoung. Jordan Walker continues to try to develop as he's first of all he's not an outfielder but they you know why he's playing the outfield they like the bat they want him to do well they want him in the he's a DH at this point in his career if you have him at the big leagues you have 42 DHs it's a statement that you got the cut don't you Marsh you got the drop of me saying it you've got 487 DHs and 478 middle infielders it's a roster construction problem your fundamentals are crap what do Your you do base then? running's crap. What do you do then? With, like Jordan Walker, what do you do? Because the kid's actually he's staying busy at the plate. He is. He's an absolute moonshot on but, Friday night. And, and, I mean, he's he's getting on base. He's, he's punching in runs. He's doing like, right. But he is uh, – how do you say this nicely? A circus say, in the outfield? No, no, that's a little that's a little more harsh than I wanted aggressive. to go, Anthony. Uh, Trying hard in the outfield, but the results aren't there. Yeah, like it, it's um, it's not working defensively. And I don't know how you change that because even like some of the plays, mm-hmm. it, it, whether it's misjudging where the ball's going or not, when they get by you, like that's just a bad baseball play. Like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying I could do any better. I'm not at all. But I'm also not being paid a lot of money to be out there in right field or left field or well, yesterday right field. But yeah. And I know that he's a young guy. You got to work with him. But this is where fans, I think, like this is where you get torn because, as far as a hitter, recently, he's an everyday major leaguer. I mean, he is knocking the snot out of the ball. And then you put him in the outfield, though, and you're like, eee. so it goes back to your DH thing. But make then, him a DH. are you gonna? But are you gonna play a 21 year old as a DH? Yeah, make a D, make him a DH. Work with him in the outfield. Hell, so, Nolan Gorman was DH. He's only a few years older. Right. The, what the hell's the reps, difference? Game reps are so much different than working with him in the outfield. You're right, but you're losing. Games. I mean, he hurt your team though this year in the in the in, in the field. He has. He's got a great arm. Doesn't know where it's going. He's got a great arm. But Jamie, so Jamie is throwing out basically our mic drop theme of the day. What's the problem? How would you fix it? Or what's the problem? 
What? How would you shake it up? I was on Twitter. I spent the, the good portion of my morning on Twitter reading through That's Cardinals' climates. Uh, climates. Comments. The climate wasn't good, Jamie. <laughs> the comments ranged from the majority, of course, was no leadership, lack of fundamentals, fire Ollie. That usually spawned to, well, it's not just Ollie you have to fire. You also have to fire Mo, or else there won't be any big changes. So that was the majority of the comments. Small portion blamed certain players. You know, DeYoung, Hicks for walking De La Cruz. I mean, that was a big moment, too. So a small portion of the comments were dedicated toward blaming certain players. Not not a group of players, but just certain ones. And then the other very, very select few. But some people... And I, I figure this is this is going to grow if the losses continue. The law, this is this this is the section of the pie that's going to grow, guys. They're a bad team. They stink. They're a bad team. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. <laughs> but there is a small portion of the fan base, and I'm, this is anecdotal because I'm, ba- I'm basing this off Twitter. But there is a portion of the fan base that is starting to grow apathetic. And I've I've said this before. This is the worst place you want to be if you're the Cardinals. You, at the very least, if you're going to lose games, you want people ticked off. Does that mean they still care? But Jamie, you, would, you, you and I disagreed on this about the the attendance and whether or not the attendance will still be good as the season wears on. You saw it a little bit yesterday. That puppy wasn't filled. There's going to be a drop off here. People don't want to pay for bad baseball. They don't want to go and spend, you know, a hundred bucks before they even get in the stadium, 150, 200 bucks before they get in the stadium, then pay seven bucks for a hot dog. I mean, it's, it's a good hot dog. It's going to dip off. It's a good hot dog. No hot dogs worth seven bucks. Yeah, if you get the bacon oh, wrapped one, it is. It's absolutely some wieners. When you're hammered, when you're hammered, maybe you take down some it's wieners. It's the buns that make the difference. Yeah, that's true, Jamie. That's cool. Good call. Yeah. So what would you do? Leave us a mic drop. What's the problem? What's the solution for you? Leave us a mic drop. We're going to air out grievances basically mm. all we day We have long. some thoughts. We have some thoughts as well. We'll get to those next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Guys, I hate to say it, but is, is it just time that we admit the Cardinals just aren't a good ball club? Like, don't get me wrong, the Central's bad, but is it time we just admit, like, they're just, they're too streaky and inconsistent to even compete? Especially now because of that slow start they had. I mean, is it time to just kind of admit that this is who they are? They, This is what they are. This is what they will be the whole year. And maybe they'll turn it around, but it's just, it's hard to believe they're going to turn it around at this point. That was Swan leaving us a mic drop. Jamie, I think it's appropriate for you to repeat what you said last week using the old Bill Parcells quote following Swan's comment. Oh, if you want to cook to dinner. No, uh, no, the other one. Oh, the other Bill Parcells. (laughs) Well rehearsed, Anthony. (laughs) There's multiple Bill Parcells lines. I figured you'd... I did that on purpose. You'd go with the one one that uh, (laughs) you actually said last week and applies. Yeah. Okay, so again, if you want to cook the dinner... No, okay. um, What what I said last week 
was that this team is telling you who they are. Mm-hmm. The record actually tells you who they are. Right. I didn't want to believe it for, well, up until probably this weekend. I was in what they call denial, Anthony, which is a dangerous place to be in sometimes. Yeah. But I believe It's not just a, a river in Egypt. No, it's not at all. Uh, and they say it used to run from east to west. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, the uh, Cardinals, up until this weekend, I still believed. In what? Them. Oh. I did. I believe in a lot of things. But I believed in the Cardinals. I thought that, you know what? Going to turn it around. This division is awful. They're fine. They're not fine. They're not fine. They just lost a series to the Reds. And I don't know what to say. Who played better? Yeah, they did. They outplayed you. The Pirates last weekend outplayed you. Most teams this this season, ironically, uh, or maybe not even not ironically, but just interesting. The Dodgers, you you outperformed the Dodgers in LA. You took three or four from yeah, them. The that was weird. That, and you swept the Red Sox in Fenway. So that was weird. Outside of that, you haven't really outplayed anybody this season. And speaking of Swan, Swan had tagged me in a in a tweet this morning from Cardinal Stats and Facts. The Cardinals rotation since May 25th, their first in war. And actually this is from two days ago. So it's a little it still it still applies, but two days ago. First in war, first in ERA, first in fielding independent percentage, which is oh a better metric to apply to pitchers because it doesn't necessarily equate for it doesn't equate for the defense it's just hey this is what the pitcher is it doesn't take the d into consideration doesn't take the d it takes the d out okay yeah all right go ahead and they're first in home runs per nine allowed so since may 25th the cardinals rotation has been excellent according according to those metrics and cardinal stats and facts said cardinals are somehow five and eight during that stretch so swan said you know how in the world I said, unfortunately, they're also tied with the Cubs for the fewest runs scored over baseball in that same period. So it's been your offense that has let you down of late. At the start of the year, it was the pitching, mostly the pitching. Your offense wasn't wasn't great in spots. You had one week stretch, maybe a week and a half, where everything kind of came together for you. And that was when you turned things around, and they played better and got our hopes up. Otherwise... It's been a trapdoor team. When the pitching's been, you know, pitching has been better, offense is tanked. When you get a little bit of offense, a little bit of pitching, your fundamentals go to crap. Base running, defense, managing. When you're hitting, your pitching stinks. When you get a good start, close game, that's when your bullpen comes alive and starts blowing games for you. It has been an absolute mess. So we asked for your mic drops. What would you do? How would you shake it up? A lot of you are demanding for a shakeup right now. Let's air it out. We got four hours of this. So what what would you do to shake things up if you were in charge? Are you asking me? I'm asking the listeners and then, yes, by proxy you. Wow. There's a lot of things that... <sighs> there's a lot of things I'd like to do, but there's only a few things that are actually um, things that you could accomplish. Can we start here? What do you think the pro- What do you think the number one problem is? Because it, obviously it's a series of problems. What do you think the number one problem is? Wow. 
I I want to say leadership. Like, who is the guy or the guys or the group that's pulling this group together? I know you got Adam Wainwright. I'm sure Adam Wainwright is doing everything in his power to keep this group, you know, together. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Nolan Arenado is trying as well. Paul Goldschmidt. Like, you have some great people in that clubhouse. Ollie Marmel's a great person. Uh, are all these guys combined doing it the right way, though? Like, right now, I don't know who needs to be hugged and who needs to be kicked when it comes time for the lineup. Like, Ollie's got to know that. Wayno Contreras is another guy. Now he's a new guy, right? So it's a little more difficult. And he's had his own drama for unnecessary reasons. So it's tough for him to come in just banging the drum. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think Goldie's too quiet. I think Arenado. I don't know much about Arenado as far as like in the clubhouse. I know that on the field, uh, he's a very intense person. But that intensity doesn't necessarily translate to being a great leader of men. He leads by example. And I bet you at Paul Goldschmidt's a lot the same way. He leads by example. But who right now is the guy that's coming in there with, you know, the Jack Clark of the bunch or like ruffling the feathers? Like, yeah, that's not good enough what you're doing. But I'm a five-time gold glover. You're not today. Like, that was not what I saw out there today. Like, who's that guy? Because it's time for that. The coddling has got to go out the window now because you tried that approach. You, you gave the, like, we're unified as a team and we're, we're going to be okay. We got each other's back and gosh darn it, I love these guys. And yeah, Great. I need somebody to get in someone's face at this point and call out the crap because there's got to be crap that's going on. There's no way that the Cardinals are executing perfectly at practice, in the video room, with their personal health and nutrition. There's no way that every guy is on point right now. Otherwise, you'd be winning some games. Mm-hmm. So uh, there needs to be some examples made at this point. And I don't know I don't know enough of the inner workings of the team to just point the finger and go, like, that's the problem. But I feel like... Somebody needs to say that. Somebody who does know the inner workings of the team needs to be like, this guy's got to go. Yeah, but we, I don't care. He's got to go. It's for the betterment of the team. So, Jamie, you've been in locker rooms before. When a team is struggling, can leadership still take over if those players are also struggling? If the leadership players are struggling? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because that, that would be that would be my counter to that. Not even a counter, just I'm, I'm asking you. You've been in the locker room. We haven't. If everybody's struggling, you know, like Nolan Arnauta, for mm-hmm. example. Now, he had, a, he had a pretty good weekend at the dish. He had, a, he had a horrible misplay that led to three runs in the Michaelis start on Saturday. He's got some uncharacteristic things going on right He's now. an intense guy. Looks like he puts a lot of pressure on himself. If he is doing the internal dance... Can he also still say, hey, we got to pick it up, this, that, and the other thing when he's not necessarily performing at his best? So the number one thing is you have to be accountable to yourself. And that includes in front of the team. So if you look at some of the great leaders that have come through here in years past, you know, Wayno has been very honest about some of his performances. And Yachty was a very straightforward guy. Not as much in the media, you know, but certainly with teammates. You look at the Blues. Look at the year they were, we want to talk about We Went Blues Day, right? 2019. Look at that season. 
Petro, O'Reilly, Shan, these guys in the media constantly saying, we're not good enough, I'm not good enough. Ryan O'Reilly, even this past year that went by, it ended up being not a great season for the Blues, but he still was very honest about his own performances. And so when a guy who is part of your your core group of like performing players and also a leadership guy, when they're very honest about how they're playing, but then they continue to go out there and work and do things every day at a high level – the players respect that. Now, what has to happen here, though, is somebody has to do something that's above and beyond or out of character from what they normally do. And when teams in hockey go in a losing streak, this is a point where your goal scorer has to, like, lay out and block a shot mm-hmm. or go and physically attack someone, like, with a hit or, you know, finish it. It doesn't mean fight. I'm just saying, like, yeah. is this is where you have to show your teammates that you're willing to do whatever it takes to win. I don't know how you do that in baseball. Maybe it's laying a bunt down. I'm just using that as an example. Maybe it's you know doing something different in the outfield. Maybe it's sliding for a play to make sure you catch the ball. Maybe it's diving into the damn stands to make an effort on a foul ball that you have you know you have no chance about. Yeah. But you do it anyways to just put the effort out there. I don't know. But somebody has to start doing something that's out of character right now to show the team that we all need to get going here. Mm-hmm. I think it comes down to situational execution, whether that's on offense or defense. This team, they, they can't drive runs in. Find a way, do something different, find a way to get runs to cross home plate. It's not working. And, I, of course, you hear the, well, you know, if we just keep doing what we're doing, you know, things will end up evening out. That's fine. If you want to say that in April, that's great. And we did. We heard it in April. That's not working. We're almost to July. Like it's almost July. You have less than a hundred games left in the season. Like none of this is working. You have to find something that will change the trajectory of this club moving forward. I don't know what that is in terms of the manager or the personnel, but they gotta they gotta change something. Right now, I feel like this is a team just full of excuses. All right, so Marshy, I'll tell you what. I have noticed in the last week your anger and frustration with this team for real. Yeah, I have to. <laughs> no, it's palpable. You, it, it is. is. He's, and, he's telling the truth. And like, when you grab the mic, you're like fired up and you're angry. You're mm-hmm. a passionate Cardinals fan. So this question actually is perfect for mm-hmm. someone like you. And the question goes back to what Anthony said: Where would you start? Like, what? I don't. I'm not asking you for the one thing that needs to right. change. But you, as a passionate Cardinals fan who's sick of watching this debacle right now, where would you start with changes? I mean, I I never want to tell someone that you know they they I don't I would never want to fire somebody, of course, but I just I feel like they need a, a new voice in the clubhouse. That I mean, that's would you fire someone or would you add? Like because that's all that's also a a possibility too. You could also add somebody as a coach. Doesn't it could be anything? Special assistant to the manager. You can make up a damn title and add a guy, or you can remove a guy. I don't know. I think at this point, you you would have to remove somebody and uh, and move forward with that because I mean this this isn't working. It's not working. Whether that's the pitching coach, the hitting coach, Ollie, the manager, like it's just not working. Because at the end of the day, I'm I understand Mo's no he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. Mo's not Mo is untouchable. He's not going anywhere. He is because he's he. He follows the budget to a T, keeps the team competitive, barring right now this year, every year that he's around. 
Marsh, I'm going to ask you for a favor live, uh, like on the fly mm-hmm. here. Adam Wainwright this morning uh, or, or yesterday following the game on Valley Sports Midwest, and you may have the clip. If you don't have it handy, we can follow it over on the next segment. Adam Wainwright said something regarding the losses and the frustration. Let's get into that on the flip side, because I got more to say here on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed you can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. One necessary step to get out of this situation with the Cardinals is to fire the manager. I've heard comparisons to the Phillies of last year and the Blues of 2019, and in both those situations, the first thing that happened was the head guy on the bench had to go. The Cardinals are reliving the Mike Matheny days with a lack of priority on up-the-middle defense, guys playing for offensive potential at the expense of defensive capabilities. We need to get back to how we resolved it after the Mike Matheny days. So that was Don leaving us a mic drop. We asked, what do you think the problem is and what would the shakeup be? And Don was the first to respond with a, Ollie's got to go and you can shake things up that way. He put together, he pointed to two recent or semi-recent examples, both in baseball and in hockey, in the Blues case, he localized it, where the manager or the head coach was let go and things turned around quickly. We did this last week and illustrated that there's a lot more teams that let go of their manager or their head coach and did not have a turnaround. But we asked we asked for, for your thoughts on this. That's the way Don would go. Jamie, I think the majority of, the, of Cardinals fans that would participate in this, whether they leave us a mic drop or they're just answering in their cars or their cubicles, I think would answer the same way Don would. But you had brought up the leadership aspect of it. Yeah. Marsh, you kind of tiptoed around maybe the shakeup being letting Ollie go. Yeah. You didn't directly say it, but well, something needs to happen. You tiptoed. I'm tiptoeing. And then Jamie, you had <laughs> you had brought this back to Wayno and you had yeah. some more thoughts on Wainwright's recent comments. Well, so whether it's the Cardinals, the Blues, um, your office, you know, like the business you work for, whatever it is. If things are failing, the employees are always looking for guidance, Mm -hmm. for leadership. How do we change our profit and loss? How do we make more money? How do we win more games? Depending on whatever business it is. 
And I say this because I want people to be able to relate to why I, this this quote from Adam Wainwright is important because it does apply to any job that you're doing out there right now if things are going poorly. And so this is what Adam Wainwright had to say following the game uh, last night, uh, post-game with Bally Sports Midwest. I'm going to just, Marshy, just play it, and we'll react to it on the backside. I don't know how many times we can answer that question without giving you something different. You know, I mean, we're all very upset about how things are going. You know, we, we, uh, we keep showing up and expecting it to be different and it keeps not being different. So all we can do is keep moving forward and, and stay positive. Okay, so again, remember why I set the stage here a little bit, saying no matter what business you're in, this just happens to be the Cardinals. We keep showing up expecting it to be different, but it's not different. Mm. What's that the definition of, Anthony? Insanity. Insanity. Something's got to change. That's Adam Wainwright. That is your captain of the ball team right there saying that basically I have no idea how to fix this Mm -hmm. because every day we keep showing up hoping it's going to be different and it isn't. That's all I needed to hear. When I heard that, I was like, oh boy. Like if I'm the ownership, president, manager, GM, whoever you want, like something has to change. You cannot let it just ride out the way it's riding out right now because your your franchise player is telling you and the group and your fan base that they don't have any idea how to fix it. Mm-hmm. With the current group that sits in there right now, they don't know how to fix it. Had Adam Wainwright said, hey, we're working on some things. We know what's going on here. Uh, we understand where we can change certain philosophies. We understand that we're working towards like. Then I'm like, okay, you know, there, there's something going on here. Like even last year, the Blues season, when after following the trades, Craig Berube as a coach made a change to the forecheck, and everybody's like, whoa, the Blues change your forecheck? It was a minuscule change. It was basically revolving around the defenseman being more aggressive on pinching, even if it's on the strong side, but forcing the F3 to stay back, like to be available to cover. But he made a change to a system that wasn't working. And the players talked about it. Other coaches talked about it. Other teams talked about how the Blues tweaked their forecheck a little bit. That's changing things so that the result is different. Mm -hmm. When Adam Wainwright says that we keep showing up and doing things and nothing changes, that tells me a story. And so I don't know about you guys. That is just my thoughts. How do you guys feel or how do you react to what Wayno said. I'm caught between metaphors right now because last week I talked about let's not confuse the, you know, causation versus, you know, w- w- the the reality of the situation, right? So when you when you look at why the team is losing, a lot of people would suggest that they're they're losing because of Ali Marmol or because of John Mosalock. Whereas they're losing for a variety of reasons on the field, they're not they're not getting good strong pitch, uh, strong starting pitching. When they do, they're not hitting. Has been the case over the last two weeks now. Their their defense has been sloppy. Their base running has been sloppy. Their uh, bullpen has blown games that should should have been won. Half of the half of their opportunities that have been blown. A lot of the things that wouldn't lead you to say. It's the manager. It's the players. But I'm 
I'm also thinking about what Jamie just said about the forecheck. Small change. It was a change, but there's the perception was that Barubi went in there and he changed some things. He made he made the tweak and it made the difference. Perception is reality. So when people are saying fire, you know, fire Ollie, he might not be the reason, the main reason why they're losing. But at this point, you might just need to make a change for the sake of change. And promote, you know, Stubby Clap. It may do nothing in AAA. terms of on the field. But it does shake things up. Double leg takedown on Pete Alonso. <laughs> you know it. In an office setting, when a manager is let go and somebody's brought in, I think a lot. all of a sudden employees kind of get on their toes a little bit. If It, it shakes up the complacency. And I have no idea. To Jamie's earlier point about not being in the clubhouse, we have no idea. Day to day, we don't know what the club like the clubhouse is like. But I imagine there is some complacency in it, or pre- you know they're putting too much pressure. You might just need the shakeup for the sake of shakeup, and I hate it. I do because or, I don't think Ollie's the reason they're losing. That's Marsh, why but, I'm tiptoeing. But know. when it comes to like need a, a shakeup, that's the biggest shakeup you can make. So we get a text to the Air Comfort Service text line, which, by the way, feel free to join the show at any point. That number is three one four three nine 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 six four six. This is from the six three six on the heels of what you just said, Anthony. Yeah. yeah. Letting the manager go doesn't always mean it's directly his fault, but somebody needs to kick in the pants for a shakeup right now. There's another one on here where they say that why are we firing the manager? Why don't we just start holding the players accountable? I, I it's agree the player's with fault. Okay, listen. So here's the deal. Fair or unfair? Unless you're willing to go into a rebuild or a retool, like mm-hmm. Doug Armstrong held on to the coach last year because he believed in Craig Berube, which I thought was a very great decision by Doug Armstrong. Because letting go of all of the players isn't always feasible. So if you're the Cardinals, you can't just fire all the players. You can fire the manager. Is the result going to change? I don't know. We don't know. I have no idea. But you have to try and change the result. And again, to your point, it, it's probably not Ali Marmel's fault. It is player execution. It is players being inconsistent, making bad plays, all of the above. Mm. But Ali Marmel is the boss. So if you have a company, again, to drag this back to the business world, you have a company with a great manager, a good dude, you really like him, he tries really hard, he cares about you, your family, or he or she cares about you and your family. Yeah. But the company just keeps losing money nonstop. The ownership has to make a change. You can't mm-hmm. fire all the employees. Right. I agree with both text. If, you listen to, if you've listened to this, this show long enough, you know my take on managers. I think it's kind of an overrated position in terms of how we look at it. It's always, you know, it's always the manager's fault. It's the same thing with pitching coaches. It's the same thing with hitting coaches. Offense is struggling, we blame the hitting coach. If the team is struggling, we blame the manager. And rarely do we hold the players accountable. I think we do that more so in baseball than any other sport. We tend to just look at the manager. I don't know why. I don't know the psychology behind it, but I've been doing this job long enough to know that that it, it often falls, the blame often falls at the manager. Blame often falls at the hitting coach. And we want that immediate change. I agree with the second text, more so than firing Ali. I think that when you're talking about execution, that's the players. And baseball is such an individualized sport. It is a team sport. But you're up, it's mano y mano. Like, might have, might have, let me slow down here. Matt Holiday was saying last Friday. 
It's a player's game. You step into the batter's box versus that pitcher. Ali may have put you fourth. Should he have put you sixth? Maybe. But now it's 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 mano y mano. And you're not executing. Paul DeYoung thrown to the wrong side of the plate is not on Ali. Jordan Walker misplaying the ball out in the outfield ultimately falls on Jordan Walker. But when you're in leadership, and Jamie, you know this better than anybody because you, you own companies, the blame always falls with the leader. And I haven't heard, and this, and this has been mentioned, Cardinals fans are right. We have not heard this is on me. Correct me if I'm wrong. We, have we no, heard that from anybody? Te- it's a team full of excuses. We have not heard that. Marsh, Jamie, have it's we heard? Te- no. I know Mull hasn't said it. Maybe Ali has said it. And, I mean, he talks to the media before and after games, so maybe he has said it at one point in text line. Please correct We've me. We've heard players say it. This Nolan is Arnato has said it. This is on me. We have. I don't think we have heard. Uh, now, will it change anything? I don't know. But I don't know if it necessarily you, has to be, this is on me. I think you could say... Uh, part of this falls on my shoulders too because I'm the guy who's I'm the managing guy in charge. or I'm the guy who put this roster together, Jamie, whoever it is. Jamie, your company is failing. Your company is failing. Actually you have thriving. To, no, I know you're thriving. Jamie, just hypothetically. <laughs> is it because of the Clear Camp? Probably the Clear not Camp. Enough, is not enough people. Well, yeah, you won't even put it on the site. The clear Camp drug numbers way down. <laughs> you won't even put it on the site, Marsh. <laughs> won't put the Clear Camp. I mean, come on. I'm ready to go at any point. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know what you want me to say. He I'm, keeps, just, I'm just you know, going by the numbers. He keeps giving me the excuse that oh, well, it's, 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 it's not ready yet. But, Jamie, you're facing the media. You, Jamie Rivers, you're facing the media. Now, you know you, you, you whatever. You may have had coaches quit. You may have had coaches whatever. Who do you blame, though? Oh, I take full of responsibility. Because at the end of the day, the buck stops with me. Exactly. If I'm the guy who's truly in charge, I'm making all the decisions. And if I don't like what my uh, managers or employees, what decisions they're making, mm-hmm. is one, I have to instruct them on how I'd like it changed. Uh, then two, I have to wait and see if they're able to change it. And three, if they don't, I have to move on. Yes. I think... At the end of the day, I think this is all Mo's fault. Exactly. This is all Mo's fault. He's the one that put this roster together that is not executing. He's the one that hired a manager that people think isn't doing his job correctly. It's all Mo's fault. But we've already put it past that Mo is not going anywhere. So Mm -hmm. we have to make sure we look at it from the team side of things. I just think if things continue, if you want to keep Ollie in place as the manager, that's fine because at the end of the day, things in my opinion I don't think things are going to change unless you do change but I don't think you can go into next season with him as the manager what are you telling your fan base that we're complacent with losing like what like Jamie said you have to change something and if you're not going to change you know a manager then trade somebody do something this is not working it's not working at all marsh building off your point I want to get into this because we, I've, I've heard, you know, what Don's viewpoint is, and Marsh and Jamie. If, if we go with, if we, if we're under the assumption that Mo's not going anywhere and he's not, and Ollie's going to be, is going to be kept. I would tell you what I, I'll tell you next what I would do if I'm, if I'm Ollie, and it's very simple, and and we don't know we're we're hashing out ideas here. I don't know if it's going to lead to immediate results, but it is there is one thing that I would do immediately. Tell you what that is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. The problem with the team is the construction of the team. The team is full of way too many ifs. 
The only sure things that you have on the team are Nolan and Goldie. You know what they're going to be at the end of the year, and you can count on that. Now, it may not be fair to assume that they're going to finish one and three in the MVP race. That might be asking a little much, but you know they're going to be pretty consistent. Uh, Gorman has been a bright spot, but the rest of the team is just way too many ifs. And that has to go to the construction of the team. And so, therefore, the problem is John Mosellak and his stupid sweaters. Ouch on the sweaters. That was Hunter talking about roster construction. That was another topic that we have dove into before. And by the way, you can leave us a mic drop as well, just like Don did, just like Hunter did. What do you think the problem is? What would you do for a shape for a shakeup? And I, I tend to really side with what Hunter just said there in terms of maybe not the sweater thing. I don't really care about the sweater, but the roster construction. It goes into my comment about how many DHs and middle infielders you have on this team. The roster construction and great. But I I teased last segment, the end of last segment, I said if if Ali is staying and we and we don't know what the future holds for Ali, I'm sure you know he's he's not comfortable right now and he shouldn't be because the team's losing. But if I'm Ali, I'm figuring out what I can control and what I can't control. I can't control receiving more players. I can't control what the trade market is going to bring a month and a half from now. I may not be here at that point. What I can control is fixing the defense from a from an on-paper standpoint. I can't make Paul DeYoung throw to the right side of the plate, but I can take Jordan Walker from out of the outfield. And make him right for for right now the full time DH. And I know we joke a lot about infielders in the outfield, but the bottom line is Brendan Donovan, Tommy Edmond, and Dylan Carlson gives me my best defensive outfield right now, based on what's on the roster. So if I'm Ollie, what I can control is having based on the roster. My best defense, which would be Donovan, Edmund, Carlson from left to right, Arenado, DeYoung, Gorman, Goldie, and Contreras in the infield, and Jordan Walker as my DH. Now, what about matchups? I don't care. I need my best defense out there. What about, you know, Edmund or Donovan at second? Okay, but I, who's going to play the outfield then? Because Tyler O'Neill isn't back yet. New bar is close. If when new bar is close, mm-hmm. then I've got a decision to make. But I'm just talking about right now. Mm-hmm. But you've already, like, as a team, you've already told your fan base and your players who you believe in. Because when Dylan Carlson came back, you kept Tommy Edmonds center field. Right. So you've told everybody, all right, like that's our center fielder for mm-hmm. now. And when Newt comes back, they'll have some decisions to make. Right? Hell, maybe Newt goes to left field and Tommy Edmonds stays in yeah. center field. Yeah. I, I would put Brendan Donovan, give him a shot at shortstop. Paul DeYoung has been horrible at the plate. You, you, he, could, you, can't, you can't have him at the plate. Well, you if you're going to do, do that, that you might as well go back to Tommy Edmonds at shortstop right. and put Lars, Dylan Carlson, and Donovan in the outfield. I agree, I agree with that. that and, DeYoung, and DeYoung to the bench, and Walker is still your DH. That's that would, fine with me. That would be a way to keep Walker's bat in the lineup mm-hmm. and still not impact your defense. I'm fine with that. When Newbar comes back, maybe DeYoung, hey, back to the bench, and then have you know Edmund, Edmund at short, get him back at shortstop, Donovan plays one of the corners, and Carlson and Newt are your other outfielders. 
you might be screaming at screaming at me right now. How is that going to fix everything? It's not. But I need to do if I'm Ollie, I need to control what I can control. And my defense is an absolute S show right now. So if I can if I can at least put my best defensive players out there, I can start to try to save some runs. Maybe the pitching stays steady because it actually has been good. Yeah, that's the kick in the you-know-what. And then I still feel like I've got enough power and guys I can get on base. That's the one step that I would make immediately if I'm Ollie. It's not necessarily this wholesale shakeup. It might not be what you want to hear in terms of, hey, what about just firing Ollie? Okay, well, if they fire Ollie and it's Stubby Clap, I'd be saying the same thing if I was Stubby Clap. I need to fix my defense first. So that that would that's what I would do in the immediate, Jamie. What would you? What would your thoughts? What's your temperature on bringing up Mason Wynn and plop him in at shortstop? He's a, he's been on a tear at AAA. He's been on a tear. He's hitting the ball well, and we know that in the field, uh, he's got pretty good range, mm-hmm. and he's got an absolute missile launcher for an arm. And, and I'm not saying he's the ultimate fix, but why not? But what? Like, what's the downside of it? You're eight games out of first place right now, as it is. Yeah. Like, what if he shows you something to I mean, where you're like, okay, one, you can move on from other players, mm-hmm. or two, you can move on from him and use Mason Wynn in a package to get something that you want. Like, yeah. I don't know, every now and then, like, I feel like baseball doesn't do as good of a job as hockey at giving a guy a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Here, here's a little nugget. Come on up, get a couple of games, back down after yeah. the weekend. Now, maybe there's rules that are different. Uh, you know the options rule and things sure. like that. I, I'd have to dive into that more. Or ask BT when we get him on here. Mm-hmm. But you're eight games out of first. You've been terrible. I don't know, Jamie. It's just a thought. If you would give me, if if I if I had a good idea, because there's no guarantees. But if I had a good idea that he was going to give me elite defense at the at the big league level, then I bring him up. I would side with the defense now. I have to save runs. What about the offense? I look. I got to do what I can right now. I have to fix one area. I can't force the offense to be more consistent. What about changing up the lineup? That's no there's no To me it's it's more what can I what can I control right now? What can I isolate? Yes. Right now we can become the best defensive team so at least we're not beating ourselves. It's the whole how do you how do you need it? How do you eat an elephant? I don't know, Anthony. Where would you start? One bite at a time. But where? You just start eating. What would you start with? The trunk, probably. Really? Yes, I, I don't know. I feel like that'd be really chewy. Maybe the hind hind side. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Either way, you got an elephant of a problem. You got to uh, take one sure bite is. at a time. That's how I would do it. Okay. We spent a lot of time talking about the Cardinals. We're not done with them, certainly, but we will shake things up a little bit. By celebrating the fact that four years ago the Blues hoisted their first Stanley Cup. What do we remember of this day, Game 7? We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. A team that was in last place on January 3rd. The players on the bench are bouncing up. History will be made tonight in Boston. 15 seconds to go as Shen blocks a puck to the corner. 10 seconds remaining. Get up, St. Louis. Get on your feet. Raise them high. Five seconds to go. 
and the time winds down. They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions for the first time in franchise history. Well, that was Brett Hull at the celebration of the Blues winning their first Stanley Cup in franchise history. Of course, you heard Chris Kerber, the final call on the Blues radio network. As four years ago today, gentlemen, the Blues hoisted their first Stanley Cup. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stoltzer. 305, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We're pausing for a second on the Cardinals mic drop theme of the day, which is, okay, you agree, uh, you know, there needs to be a shakeup. What would you shake up? But we need to talk about the Blues. And tonight, 20, the 2019 Stanley Cup Final Game 7 against the Bruins will be aired in its entirety, commercial-free, right here on 101 ESPN from 6 to 7.30, leading you up to NBA Finals Game 5, which tips off at 7.30. But, Jamie, Game 7. So right, right now at this point, Blues fans are fired up, maybe a little nervous as well. Game hasn't been played yet. What do you remember the most from Game 7? Uh, well, we didn't see it till afterwards, but looking back now, obviously the Craig Berube speech before Game 7 is, you know, something that uh, I think everybody will remember. Because Chief, very simple, to the point, very matter-of-fact, but at the same time, that one speech was, like, so motivating, gives you chills, made us, the fans, following that, like, knowing later on, made us want to run through a wall. Mm -hmm. So you can just imagine, you know, what the players felt about it at the time when you're going into game seven you're in the opposition's building and you have had this monumental comeback season from being one of the worst teams in fact the worst statistically in the nhl to where you've drug yourselves into the playoffs and now you're one win away from the friggin stanley cup mind you it's the first stanley cup in franchise history. Mm. Now, the, the team has been in this situation. It was the first two years in existence, you had the team with the expansion draft rules and all that get to the Stanley Cup. But this was an opportunity for the St. Louis Blues to, to take it home. And it's following, too, a Game 6 disappointment, we'll say, here in St. Louis, where I'll never forget that, Anthony. I mean, there were, I don't even know how many hundreds of thousands of people downtown. It was nuts. I was very fortunate to be doing the game for Bally Sports Midwest, uh, the pre and post game, and just people everywhere and the energy, and you could just feel it in the building. Like, oh my God, people wanted to just go absolutely crazy. The Blues came out flat. For whatever reason, whether the Blues came out flat or the Bruins just took it to a different level, it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. You didn't get the chaos and the and the insanity following the game. So now, leading up to Game Seven, you've got an opportunity now in the opposing in in the opposition's building in a very crazy market. The fans are super passionate, and you have Craig Berube delivering what uh, what I'll call is a uh, fantastic speech to his players. That for me, I will never forget knowing now what happened behind closed doors before that game happened. Here's what Craig Berube had to say. Pump it up here. We're here for a reason because we're a good hockey team and we're going to come home with a cup here tonight. Let's go. Sonny, Bo, Perry, Benner. Let's go. I mean, come on. 
so perfect to the point and talking to chief following that whole thing he's like i nothing else would have mattered at that point you know like not like here let's go let's do it for this let's do it for that let's right. you know blah, blah, first in franchise no they had been so all about business the entire playoffs that it was just like you're here cuz you're a good team you're blank and blank and like let's go and that's all they needed in the first period jordan bennington took over Binner stood on his head and was incredible. One of the single greatest period performances I've seen out of a goaltender, let alone a rookie goaltender. Mm -hmm. And the Blues capitalized on some opportunities, and that was it. So that that's what I remember. Yeah, to your point about the, the story that you kind of shared with Chief or, or the conversation that you had with him, he's right. I mean, it had been just so about business. The, the hand pass, the series before – it's just, okay. They moved. They moved on already. They were. They were just one. One game at a time. Moving on doesn't matter. That game was in the past. What. What more could you have said? It was business as, as usual. I remember feeling just overwhelmingly calm and confident. Oh, jeez. And I think it was. I think it was probably because the Blues had been so good on the road. Not only that series, but that obviously the Stanley Cup playoffs, even that season. They were so good on the road, and they're so good after losses that I felt confident going into Boston. I felt like all the pressure at that point was on Boston. Boston was the favorite. They were home. They were supposed to win it, especially after Game 6, which Jamie just mentioned. All of the pressure I felt like was on Boston. You're supposed to win this. And the Blues did what they did that entire Stanley Cup Finals. Or excuse me, the Stanley Cup playoffs. They won on the road in a deciding game. Or won on the road coming off a loss. And they took it to them. Yeah, they did. I mean, there was there was no doubt. They took them to the woodshed, on top of the woodshed, underneath the woodshed, all sides of the woodshed. Well, once they got a couple of goals, you just could feel it. Yeah, the dam I, broke. I just remember being down at Ballpark Village. Scott Warman and I were fortunate enough to be doing that game. And I remember standing there watching it. Never feeling nervous. First period, a little uptight. Jordan Bennington stood on his freaking head. Well, the Blues looked terrible in that first period. They were overmatched until the second half of that mm -hmm. first period. In the second half, they started to get their legs on it, like you could tell. But then once once O'Reilly scored, and then certainly the, the Petrangelo goal for mm -hmm. me, that was the nail in the coffin. Although it's early in the game, so it's the end of the first period, but Brad Marchand... He just gives up on a back check mm -hmm. and skates to the bench, just skates right past Petrangelo. Petro gets the puck and makes no mistake. At that point, I looked at Scott Warman. I said, this is over. And, of course, oh, don't say that. I, I, I would have been saying the same Scott, oh, because yeah. they blew game one. They were winning game one. They lost. But I just, you could see, like, the body language of the Bruins and the body language of the Blues, and I'm, I'm not saying this in hindsight. I said it in real time. I did. I said to Scott Warman, who, you know, was certainly not happy with me. He wanted to <laughs> choke me out because, you're going to jinx it. The hell's wrong with you? You know how many years we've been waiting for this? I'm like, Scotty, relax. Fun. Veins were bulging out of his head. Yeah, fun fact. People don't know this. Scott did try to choke out Jamie, and Jamie had to uh, uh, put him in a sleeper hold. Yeah, but Scotty responded very well to it. Uh, he's a true professional. Blood got back to his brain, and he was fine to operate oh, at the yeah. desk after that. Yeah, he's that. a pro. But then again, you know, that's another moment I won't forget either is at the end of the game when, you know, we knew the Blues were going to win it. Ballpark Village was slammed. 
I mean, people were hanging from the rafters. I mean, the fire marshal certainly put a blindfold on that night and <laughs> was, was like, I fire just... Fire marshal Bill? Yeah, he, <laughs> I, I tell you something. <laughs> the fire marshal might have actually been joining the party. He said, screw it. <laughs> but Let me tell you something. <laughs> the dying seconds of the game and then people going nuts and in Ballpark Village, just the bam, like the glorious song played. Mm. And then it's playing at Enterprise. And Scotty and I are looking down at the masses of people celebrating. Scotty's in tears. Warman turns in tears and, and he like kind of hugs me, <laughs> which is fine because I felt emotional too. I was like, holy crap, they finally did it for these fans. Yeah. And then we rushed inside and we're looking at Bush Stadium where there's 25,000 people celebrating in the rain. That's cool. I mean to to kind of remember all of that like and I'm still seeing it in real time in my head right now. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty amazing time for for this town when it comes to their St. Louis Blues. Yeah, you get goosebumps watching watching the home videos. I'll just call them home videos. The the, the cell phone videos from either Enterprise or Bush Stadium or like you're saying at Ballpark Village when it's final and just that eruption no matter what what video you're watching. I get goosebumps. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I watched one the other night. I was at the the ball or not the ballpark village one, the uh, the Enterprise Center for Game Seven. So what you were saying, uh, it, it was crazy. I was crying too. I remember when the when the final horn hit, and especially when Petrangelo lifted the cup up. I think that's when it finally set in. Like holy crap! Holy crap! They did. We it. just won the Stanley. We won the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, I just remember being. You said you were. Like what was it? Quietly confident. Yeah, yeah. I was the complete opposite. I, I, <laughs> I was so just. I was dialed in, but I was so nervous because we were so. This is the closest we have been to the Stanley Cup, and I, I just, I would, I didn't want to feel so like sure about it because I didn't want to have that feeling, and then it just be taken away from me. Mm-hmm. So. I think when Jordan, you, you mentioned like certain points of the game when you're like, oh, this game's over. When Jordan Bennington made the save in the third period, I believe it was, I can't remember who it was. It, uh, it wasn't a Chari. It was a, uh, oh, what was it? It started in the end. Is it like no, no, it's not no sec. Forgot his name, but uh, he makes that unbelievable save in the third period. I'm like, this game's over. That's when I was like, he, they cannot score against him. And then I was pissed off that they actually scored at the end of the game. <laughs> I was like, you got to be kidding me. But, uh, no, that, I, I remember being there, and it's just like everyone just uh, – it was an unbelievable feeling, and I hope everyone had the the chance to hang out with, like, their friends and family because that was like – like Randy and, like, uh, you know, Michelle was with her dad. You know, her dad. Like, mm-hmm. just stuff like that. I think that's a really cool moment that, uh, you know, a lot of us will, will never forget. Well, you know, Marsh – you, you say that, and that's that. That I think hits me the most. I didn't grow. I didn't grow up here. I, I'm mm-hmm. not going to pretend that I went through the suffering, the long, the long suffering as either sure. a Blues player like Jamie or yourself. That's a, that's a fan. However, we all know somebody that went decades without seeing, you know, rooting hard and not seeing a mm-hmm. cup. Uh, I think about my wife, Kristen, her grand, her grandmother, who has since passed on. But I shared this. I shared this at the time. And so, so the Blues won in 2019. Earlier, was it that year? No, I think it was a full year before that. It was 2018. It was like January of 2018. Her grandmother was 102. Wow. Lifelong Blues fan. Obviously, had never seen him win. Mm-hmm. You know, saw them become the Blues in existence. Was a diehard fan. Wouldn't miss a game. 
And she she was essentially on her deathbed at, at 102. Mm-hmm. I mean, we went to the hospital to say to pay our respects, say goodbye to her. And one of the last things I thought I was saying to her was, hey, I'm going to root for your blues. You know, they're going to win one one of these days. And, you know, she's like, oh, okay, we're all crying. You know, mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I'm sure they won't. You know? <laughs> she saw them her. win. She ra- she rallied a year a year and a half later mm-hmm. at 103 or 100. I can't. I, it was either 103 or 104. <laughs> she saw them win. Celebrated it. Took the phone call from my wife. Hey, you saw it. You know, she saw them win. She slammed back some champagne. She was ready. Yeah. <laughs> so you th- I think of that. Like, that is, yeah. in- that is incredible. We all know somebody that thought they were never going to see the Blues win. Mm-hmm. I think what, they did. what makes their run cool is that the, like, the run itself was so memorable from being in last place, you had the game seven, you had the Jaden Schwartz goal in, in you know, the first round, in the third round, you had the hand pass game, yeah. and then you had all these different things. If you you know, you look at some some teams now, you like the Denver Nuggets for for instance. Man, they're just they're just running through every single team, right? That there's no excitement in that, right? Like, yeah, your team's gonna win, but what are you doing right now? There's no excitement when you win in five games, what Anthony. Are you do- what are you doing? What are you talking about? I see what you're doing. Should have been. <laughs> I actually, I wasn't doing that. But I know now what that you're you doing. It. I know what you're doing, and I don't like it. Well, I'm sorry, Anthony, that you feel that there way. It is. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I, th- I think at the end of the day, it, it's about the run that uh, that the team went on, and I feel like there's a ton of memories that you know. Obviously, we're celebrating Game Seven, but there were so many different things that happened for oh, the team yeah. to get up to that point. And mm-hmm. uh, those are the memories that like, I'll definitely cherish for the rest of my life. Absolutely. All right, so you can relive Game 7 tonight right here on 101 ESPN, your home of the Blues at 6 o'clock. Commercial free. Game will be aired in its entirety, 6 to 7.30, again, leading up to NBA Finals Game 5, which tips off at 7.30 tonight. With Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stolzer, it's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Uh, we're going to do a quick segment on City SC. They played to a draw against Galaxy, but, man, I, as a City SC fan, I, th- I feel like we're all, I don't to- like it, Anthony. we're all together on this. That kind of felt like a loss. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. He goes near post, what a connection! What a wonderful finish! Oh, that's a way to light up a game! And St. Louis lead going into the final quarter. And I thought they'd win 1-0, but unfortunately the Giochini goal did not stand for much longer. He scored in the 68th minute, but Galaxy even the game against St. Louis City SC yesterday in the 80, 85th minute. And Yeah, what a joke. It wound up being a draw. And it was just it's a terrible play. It was a terrible play. It was a terrible it was a terrible finish to the game. I know they I know they played to a draw. I know that they're still atop the Western Conference standings with 29 points. I know they get a point out of it. 
All of that is still good. All of that big picture. The 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 micro though, Jamie, is that that felt like a loss yeah. to me. Okay, so listen. We have been super positive about this team all year long. Even when they've lost, you're like, well, you know what? They still did this, still did that. I'm going to be critical here for the first time this year. And it's not of the whole team. Mm-hmm. I still th- I still believe in this team. I still love watching this team. I love the effort that they give. Uh, however, there are a couple things last night that I did not like. Uh, Marshy, you know exactly one of them. I was texting Rocchio when it happened, immediately texted him. So they moved the ball upfield. Like they talk about, our guy Kyle Heber talks about pushing the ball vertically. Mm-hmm. So in hockey, going north with it. And one of the players, what was his name again? It was Vasilev. Vasilev. Uh, he had a nice play earlier in the game mm-hmm. as an assist on, on the goal for Giacchini. Uh, great play. But on this particular play, he got a little selfish. He tried to take the ball all the way down through the players and to the goal, and then he fired a shot on net right at the goalie, where both defenders had come to him now. The goalie is squared up to him, and all he had to do is pass it 10, 12 feet sideways mm-hmm. to, I believe it was Giacchini. Giacchini, yeah. Giacchini, who's sitting there with a yawning cage. Like in hockey, it'd be like the guy sitting there for a one-timer open net. We saw that happen a lot against the Blues this year. The backdoor one-timer, tap in, right? This was available. Giochini's got to, uh, he's got a beaver tail in that situation. Well, he was trying, to, but his foot stomping on the ground wasn't quite loud enough. Got it. Um, and it's not quite as, as easy to do it on the soccer pitch. But I thought it was a selfish play. You know, and, and so they don't score on that play. And then uh, one of the city players gets just complacent with the ball. Right outside the box. It was Nerwinski, if Mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. Nerwinski or Nerwinski? Nerwinski. Yeah, number two. And he just gets kind of sloppy, and they take the ball from him. And that's fine. You know, that's one mistake isolated within itself. But then, uh, was it Parker? Yeah. Yeah, Parker is the trailing defender. Parker gets ball watching, not puck watching like you do in hockey, Mm. but he got ball watching, and... He lost his coverage on the backside. And so they make a cross, and Tim Parker can't react quick enough. It goes to the open guy it's in. If Timmy P's doing the head swivel and he knows where the guy's at, he's able to take an extra step and get right in front of that ball, or the guy doesn't even try to cross it because the opportunity's not there. So the turnover leads to an opportunity that then lack of awareness. I won't say effort because I don't think Tim Parker wasn't trying. He wasn't aware. Mm-hmm. So lack of awareness on that one. And then uh, lack of teamsmanship at the other end where you could have had an easy goal and you didn't get a goal because you tried to do it all by yourself. These are things that can't leak into your game. Mm-hmm. You're you're not the powerhouse that can just battle through these things. Those are moments that you have to have. Those are goals you have to have to win games, and those are goals you have to prevent when you're St. Louis City SC. That's your, that's your chemical makeup of your team so far this year. So for the first time, I was disappointed in not even the result. The result sucked because a draw, you know, against the worst team in your conference. By the way, um, that wasn't great. But to me, it's how they got into that draw yeah. that sucked. Well said. I think there's a lot of moments. Uh, there were a lot of moments throughout that game where they had some open looks to feed the ball, maybe one way or the other to maybe generate some more shots on net. It's not like they didn't have a, a ton of chances. They had 22 shots on net and uh, uh, 
you know, compared to Galaxy's 12. However, only six of those were on target, but they had so many open looks that I, I was like, why are you not feeding that guy the ball? And it goes to your point, Jamie, getting a little lackadaisical on the back, in the back end, you have to play a 90-minute game. I thought Tim Parker played a great game. I mm-hmm. thought he was great, but in that one moment... Uh, you know, he didn't get back and ended up being in the back of the net. So, and that's the difference between winning one nil or two nil compared to having a one one draw. So, uh, they'll get back at it. I mean, they 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 played a game already yeah. earlier that week. I don't know how much we want to really be like, oh, you know, they should have won that game. You know, I'm I'm not here to debate that, but it was definitely a winnable game. They didn't come out with a win. Well, I think Jamie, you said it perfectly. It's a situation where this has been a thing where they they have won as a team. They don't have, you know, while, while they've had individual success, certainly. I mean, Berkey has stood out all season long. He's an absolute stud. Uh, Giochini has led the team in goals. Leuven has been fantastic in all aspects. They've, you know, our guy Cloudsdale has been out, but he, you know, he was he was wrecking teams earlier in the year. Use him right now. But I've I've already mentioned four or five guys that have just kind of taken over at various points in the season. That this is a team. That it plays very fundamentally sound, and for whatever reason, yesterday just kind of got away. For there was a couple of sloppy moments there, and it led to a draw instead of a win against a team that they should handle. I think they'll bounce back just fine. The Move worst forward. part was watching that game, and then go immediately watching the Cardinals game, and then watching them lose too. Oh, so you know, that's a double kick in the pachyderm. It really yeah. was. Yeah. yeah, just when I thought I got over the city game, I mm. had to turn on the Cardinals game. <laughs> You threw up twice. Well, that's your fault. That you is my fault. I put, that, I put that on myself. <laughs> All right, we've got what's trending next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. <laughs> All right, time to play a lineup game. As the Cardinals host the Giants, it's a game one matchup. Logan Webb will be on the hill for the Giants tonight. He's a right-hander, and he is the ace for the Giants. Matthew Libertor, the lefty, will make the start for the Cardinals. All right, Jamie, earlier in the show, I said one small thing that I would do immediately if if I were Ali is try to fix the defense, get my best defensive players out there, which really only would mean having Donovan out in the outfield and, and Walker as the DH. But that's just one small thing that I would do. Do you think Walker's the DH tonight, or you think he's out in the outfield? Wow, tough question. Do you think anything has changed? Because I do. I look at it two ways. One, I think he should be the DH. But two, you know, are you messing with the kid's confidence a little bit? Are you making it worse then? At this point, I'm not worried about anybody's feelings. Yeah. All right. Well, let's roll it up then. All right. Here we go. Uh, I think this is Brendan Donovan. Yes. I support that. Show us Brendan Donovan there, Marshy. All right. Way to go, Donnie. Next question I have, Anthony, is do we see any kind of, like, you just talked about the subtle change. Do we see anything massive in this? Let me think about that. No. Okay. Paul Goldschmidt. I love gold. Right hunters on the bump. So, you know, it's Nolan Gorman. Show us. Storm and Gorman. Storm and Gorman. He's taking the league by storm. Jamie, if I uh, if I may. No, please do. 
Marsh, please show us. Nolan Arenado. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. Albert Pujols, I love you, man. All right, is this Big Willie or is it Kisner? No, or, uh, not that it would be Kisner at five. Is it Willie or are they going to go with Kisner today? Contreras. Show us Big Willie. Contreras. Strikeout, 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 strikeout. Oh, that was oh. different. Oh, wow. Okay. I see what Janet did there. All right. Yesterday, it was Dylan Carlson in the sixth spot, and then he had a tater. So I don't think that this is – he yeah. had a nice weekend. Really nice weekend for Dylan Carlson, defensively and offensively. Ah, he's good defensively. He was good offensively, too. Yeah. But you talked about the D earlier, Anthony. Yeah. And I want to make sure that you get all the D you can handle. Thank you, Jamie. So I want to keep Dylan Carlson in the lineup. Appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Show us Dylan Carlson, please. Hey, Carl. Good to see you. Yesterday, this is Jordan Walker. I don't see any reason to change it. Oh, I see plenty of reasons no, to change No, I don't see it. any reason to change it. And I think he stays at number seven. I agree. Show us. Jordan Walker. Walk it like I talk it, talk it. Walk it like I talk it. Ay. Walk it like I talk it. Walk it, walk it like I talk it. Yeah. All right. So this has got to be Tommy Edmond if or he's, Paul DeYoung. If he's making no changes, it's Paul DeYoung. Well, realistically, he doesn't have to make a change anyways. He just has to change. Yeah, DH. defensive. That's true. You know what I'm saying? He just has to change the little letters beside the Good point. thingy there. Show us Paul Dion. The king is gone. Whoa! The king is gone. You're That's not fair. wrong. That is incredibly fair. I did, the I king just... is gone. Well done there, Jamie. Thank you, bro. You had the forever de young and yeah. then the, uh, the forever de gone. De gone. I like that. <laughs> okay. This is Tommy. Tommy Ed. Tommy Ed, But right now, I'm going to need you, Tommy boy, to get this place going. Anthony. This is the exact same lineup we've been spitting out. That's correct. <laughs> That's correct. But are we expecting a different result? Well, hold on. Maybe maybe he changed things up. It's the same lineup. Maybe Anthony. Ollie heard me earlier. He's like, you know what? That idiot on 101's got a point. I'm going to go with my best defensive lineup. Marsh, go ahead and run it. But I'm, it's the same lineup. Yeah, but, but different. Defensively. Let's, <laughs> let's Let, listen in. Let's go. Go ahead, Marsh. Leading off, second baseman, <laughs> Brendan Donovan. Ah, that means Corbin's DH. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Batting second. He did it despite you, Anthony. Yeah, he First did. baseman, Paul Goldschmidt. Batting third, the DH, <laughs> Nolan Gorman. Your cleanup hitter, third baseman, <sighs> Nolan Arenado. Batting fifth, the catcher, Wilson Contreras. Batting sixth in right field, Dylan Carlson. Batting seventh in left field, Jordan Walker. Batting eighth, the shortstop, Paul DeYoung. And batting ninth, center fielder is Tommy Edmond. Anthony, Ollie definitely listens to this show, and he just flipped the biggest middle <laughs> finger at you. Here's what I think of your idea, you moron. Yeah. I'm going to go with the exact alter. same thing I've been doing. 
I'm going to switch to the DH, Dalton. Don't you worry. <laughs> it's going to be Gorman. All righty. All right, let's do our home run derby. So Friday, who homer who homered on Friday? I believe uh, Nolan Arenado was the first one to home run. Which would have been run. Dan. 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 Dan got it correct. Okay, because I picked Gorman, and he did get it, but not before Arenado. Correct. Yes. Okay. I thought Dan I picked won. Gorman. No, you did. Yeah, Jamie, you you picked Gorman for the hit. Yeah. I said on Friday, on Thursday, I said, I'm yeah. going to double down with yeah. Gorman. We didn't listen. Nah. It didn't matter anyways. Sure. Yeah. It didn't matter anyways. It didn't matter. Dan wins every single time he comes on the show. Dan's, Dan's incredible. Dan's, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he guy. does. Okay, so it, what, Jamie has four, Dan has three, I have two, you have one, Marsh? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Jamie. Oh, gosh. Boy, this lineup, I'm telling you, it's so different. For, it's going to take me a second to look at it. Yeah, it's going to be Nolan Gorman. That's fair, Jamie. I'm going to go with Nolan Arnado. <laughs> I mean, if the Cardinals aren't going to win and have fun, then why should we just go with the same copy and paste? <laughs> go ahead, Marsh. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I really, I really don't here's know who the, to pick. Here's the question. Do you care? <laughs> no, I mean. Uh-oh. <laughs> Do you care? Him? I'm deciding whether I want to pick a guy that literally can't hit the ball and maybe he'll get out of a slump or if I should just go with you know R.L. Chalk but, you know what choice is up to you R.L. Chalk oh, give me Paul Goldschmidt alright All right. there you go final answer there you have it <laughs> there's a lineup game in the home run derby what's trending is next on 101 ESPN we're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half price Cardinals ticket voucher. Back to the fast lane here on 101 ESPN. <laughs> I went back like three months ago. <laughs> Anthony, I mean, if you want to, was Anthony's no. mic on there? It wasn't. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Thank God. If you heard it, you heard it through. Embarrassing. <laughs> Marsh's mic. <laughs> Not as embarrassing as these Cardinals, huh? Well, that's nice Jeez. spin. Nice spin, Anthony. Anyways, uh, Anthony Stalter. Thank you, Jamie Rivers. I'm Andrew Marsh. Time for what's trending. Uh, by the way, we need a new gauntlet contestant. So if you want to participate in the gauntlet, text in gauntlet to 314-399-9646. If you haven't played before, we'll get you on. Uh, we have to respond to that that show down, down the hallway. They gave us 48 hours to respond. The Courtney show? No, not the Courtney show. She's always the, been great to us. What does she say? Another show. What's that other show? Oh. Marty? Starts with an R. W-I-O. Marty's no. fantastic. Marty's a great dude. Yeah, he's him a all the time. Super yeah. nice guy. Is there a new guy, Josh Innes? No, not Josh. Akashi? There's no other show. No. Hmm. I think it starts with an R. Hmm. Remy. Yes. Got it. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So, Remy from... That's right, Remy and so, Casey. Yeah, yeah from uh, IL. Yeah, 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 for sure. So yeah. Remy what and What did Remy say about us? Yeah. He seems nice. 48 hours uh, to respond to... 
Something to do with softball. Oh, oh the Rerudo show. Oh, mm. uh, the Zerudo. Yeah. Mm. I think What's that's he squawking what about? I guess they want to have some un- they have unfinished business or yeah. something. They have unfinished business. Get back in the batting cages and do better next year. Whoa. I mean, come on. Right? Riz didn't even care enough to be here. So why the hell is he squawking? Marsh didn't either, though. We can't really. No, but Marshy is Mar- in fairness to hey, Marshy. I pulled my weight last year. You did. Yeah, you but did. in fairness to Marshy, is is it is this called the Marshy show? No, it's called the Fastlane. So down there, what's the show called? The Rudo Show. Yeah. You'd think the guy whose name is on the show could possibly, oh, I don't know, show up, bump back his holiday by one day? That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, so they're they're saying uh, we have 48 hours to respond to whether or not we want to continue the home run derby. Uh, yeah. No, wait. Any, we anytime. don't go on their timeline. We'll do whatever the hell we want. Anytime. Well, he's saying, well, if you don't respond in 48 hours, and what? you're accepting a loss. Okay, so why does he make the rules, Anthony? This is the problem I, I have. I don't care. I want, like I want blood. Set the rules, and then it's taken as gospel, and you're like, wait, why did they get to set the rules? Jamie, Jamie, I want blood. I said it last week. Yeah, but we can get blood on our terms, too. Fine. Anytime, any place. I'm tired of these guys. They complain about the bats. They complain about the wind. They mm-hmm. complain about, you know, going first in the home run derby. They complain about not having their schedule on, on you know, pace there so mm-hmm. that they can p- take their PEDs on time. Like, yeah. I'm tired of it. I want blood. I want it on video. I want to beat them by 40 home runs. I'm tired of it, Jamie. Well, that's fine. If Riz is back to compete, Marshy's back. I agree. I have softball on Tuesdays now, so we're back in. Great. We're back in action. I mean, if they want to do that, if they think that like bringing Riz is going to make the big difference, then that's fine. We got our we got our guy back too. I said it last week. I want to take Rafe, Learn, King Scott, Riz, and whoever else. Want some? I want to take them into the woodshed, <laughs> on top of the woodshed, mm. behind the woodshed, underneath the woodshed, and I want to bury them. So, do you know what? Would I make, want to take their souls. Do you know what make perfect sense though? Honestly, is if we left the score as is, us winning by four, and we just have Riz and Marshy go at it because they they weren't there that one day, so then we could count their home runs, and then if they want to do the lightning round, we can do that. Because I don't know if it's fair necessarily to add Riz and Marshy to the lightning round. Well, why don't we just play the lightning round then? Well, why don't we just add Marshy and Riz? And then we'll figure out the lightning round there. Because I want my hacks. No, well, you get, you get you're going to get them yeah, anyway. Oh, anyway. lightning round and them? Yeah. Okay, fine. Because then at least it qualifies them to be in the lightning round. Sure. So if Riz wants to be the big, you know, huff and puff and I'll blow your house down... And go ahead. Look, I don't care what he's blowing, okay? I want another chance at this home run derby. Well said, Anthony. Well said. Blowing smoke. Smoke yeah. and mirrors. You know what's funny is um, Scott Rizzuto's uh, son is at camp this week. I heard that. Huh. Someone just got extra calisthenics tomorrow. Mm-hmm. A couple over and backs tomorrow. Son, your dad did this to you. 
such a great kid, though. Damn it, I hate yeah, him. He's a good kid. Great I kid, man. Man, a year ago, They're such good sharp kids. kid. Oh, my gosh. I mean, uh, Riz's wife is oh, incredible. The job that she's he, doing parenting those kids, remarkable. Yeah, because you know she doesn't get any help from Scott. Oh, so. no. no. No, not at all. No. He's, uh, I mean, he goes to bed at like 8 o'clock at night, tells the family, go blank themselves. She's I heard it. fantastic. The yeah, kids are fantastic. I saw them today, and ah, I just felt bad. To, yeah. You know. Their dad gets on the radio just flapping his gums right. and things like that. Well, Sad. Kids, you should watch this because uh, this is going to happen, whether you like it or not. And now they it's have, a good motto. what, 48 hours to respond? And then once they respond, we'll have 48 hours though. to respond. They won't. They'll pretend like they didn't hear this. And then probably yeah. they, they, the riddle they, just continues. Yeah, exactly. And then they'll say, mm. oh, we never responded. That's how they play. Uh, real quick, we were tagged in something. Actually, we're tagged in a lot of things on Twitter. Who's tagging us? A lot of different people. What kind of tag was your favorite, Anthony? Did you like the regular tag or did you like Frozen Tag? Do you remember what Frozen Tag yeah. was? Yeah. Have you seen yeah, you that have to stop. documentary you to called Tag? And then you can yeah, either you can either stand there like Patrick Starfish and you'd have the person would have to run and like slide between the legs uh-huh. and that free you and you're like active again that depends on who I'm pl- depends on who I'm playing with you know well clearly yeah it was that one was really fun in the rain yeah you get slip and slide there your parents love it you go home just covered in grass stains that couldn't come out no doubt it's great yeah anyways we get tagged in a lot of things sometimes Lisa's tagging in some stuff uh, I believe this time it was from Swan and uh I, I can't believe this is a thing is hashtag Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins a Hall of Famer already? He is criminally underrated and has all of his stats. <laughs> Marsh, you're gonna we bring, were tagged in this. Marsh, you're going to bring this up uh, two minutes before the gauntlet? Well, I figured it was, you know, a pretty, quick, a pretty quick conversation, Anthony. <laughs> Did he say Hall of Fame? This is a, a... Swan is not saying no, wait, it. No. Just, it, Did I just hear Kirk Cousins and Hall of Fame together? I mean, the stats... Uh, I mean, Did I hear that? a lot of different uh, yeah, bullet so points. I'm done. Now we just lost Jamie. Handle. Yep, he's out. That's just the I didn't make this thing. up. Yep. I've never heard of. You know what? Silly. You know what, Jamie, you're right. I'm up, too. Well, Kirk guys, he's got a 66.8 career completion percentage. If Matt Ryan's not in the Hall of Fame... He won the 2022 Bart Star Award! Gauntlet next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. 403, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. Dan is our latest contestant in the gauntlet. What's up, Dan? Hey, guys. How you doing? I appreciate it. First time in the gauntlet? Yes, sir. Been a long-time listener, first time in the gauntlet. All right. Well, we appreciate you listening. Thanks for playing. Who would you like to take on in your first-ever gauntlet? Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, or myself today? Ooh, uh, let's go with Marshy. Marshy. Marshy, 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 get out of here. After you, of course, allow Dan to uh, tell you to spin the wheel. Go ahead, Dan. 
spin that wheel. Got pour a little flavor on that, huh, Jamie? Yeah. Yes, sir. Like it. Uh, Dan, what category are you hoping for today? Uh, preferably baseball, but honestly, I'm just uh, just happy to be nominated. Happy okay. To be here. Right. Sounds oh, wow. good. Um, no. It's not baseball. It's not baseball. Which one did you not want? Yeah. Probably my worst, but I got the option, so I always got uh, a chance. What What did you say? What was your worst? Uh, hockey's probably my worst. Okay, well, it's not hockey. So it's, it's not, not baseball. Hockey. It's not hockey. It's random today. Random Let's trivia. Do it. All right. Let's do ja- it. Jamie's going to get us the launch codes here. Don't forget, four questions, four random questions to Dan today. Same four questions to Marsh. Every question's worth two points, unless Dan or Marsh need the options, and then, therefore, those questions are only worth one point. Dan, are you ready? I am ready. Which team in MLS is the only team to have won every one of their home games? They are now 8-0-0. Uh, I'll take the options. CF Montreal, FC Cincinnati, San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, Earthquakes, final answer. All right, Dan, question number two. What is the name of the former Laker whose picture is depicted on the NBA logo? Uh, Jerry West, final answer. Question number three, Dan. In 1985, which team put up 148 points in game one of the NBA Finals against the Lakers, the most points scored in a game by one team in the history of the NBA Finals? Uh, let's go Boston Celtics. Final answer. All right, Dan, we're down to question four. Final question of the day. Which country leads the world in salt production, producing over 60 million metric tons of salt per year? I'll take the options on that one. I can't believe you didn't know it. All right, here are the <laughs> options. Is it China, the United States of America, or India? Let's go with India. Final answer. All right, we'll bring back Marsh. How you feeling, Dan? Oh, uh, not great. Not great. <laughs> Were you gonna say that no matter what? Yeah, pretty much. That a boy. I like that. All right, Marsh is making his way back from the cone of silence. He's got a good, brisk walk to him today. Of course, yeah, he's got a good take posture the... there. Chest yeah, out, shoulders chest back. Out. He must have got a workout in over the weekend. I got one uh, this morning. There you, you go. Hey, looking all pumped up over nice there. Nice job there, Marshy. What'd you do today? You do uh, chest and back, did you? It was a uh, chest and try day. Chest, chest and, and try. try. They go to they go together perfectly. Yeah. You got to activate those triceps. Out the triceps like one lamb day. and tuna fish. Yeah, like lamb and tuna fish. There okay. You go. Marsh. Yeah. Jamie's got something for you. Uh, oh, you better pack a lunch there, tricep boy. Oh. Your category is random today. Of Marsh. course it is. It's random. <laughs> Question number one. Which team in MLS is the only team to have won every one of their home games? They are now 8 0 and 0. I have no idea. Let's use the options. Is it CF Montreal, FC Cincinnati, San Jose Earthquakes? They're 8 0 at home? No, they're 8 0 and 0. Well done. Ah. Soccer has draws. Ah. I'm going to go with um, 
I'm gonna go with Cincy. Final answer. Question number two. What is the name of the former Laker whose picture is depicted on the NBA logo? I believe that's Jerry West, if I'm not mistaken. Jerry West, final answer. Question three, Marsh. In 1985, which team put up 148 points in game one of the NBA Finals against the Lakers, the most points scored in a game by one team in the history of the NBA Finals? 1985? That's correct. Um... Well, I wasn't born yet, so... Okay, it's not bragging. I don't know if that's a brag. Uh, honestly, like, I... I don't even know who they played in the 80s other than, like, the Celtics. These are those Celtics, Lakers. Uh, I feel like the only person that maybe could do that is Bird and the Celtics, so I'm going to go with Boston. Final answer. All right, Marshy. Last question. Which country leads the world in salt production, producing over 60 million metric tons of salt per year? Ooh. I'm going to have to use the options on that one. All right. Is it China, United States of America, or India? Um... I feel like if we had, you know, a lot of salt here in the United States, they would use more of it to put on the roads to make sure that we can drive. <laughs> so I'm going to go with India. Final answer. Wow. <laughs> what a breakdown. <laughs> Not uh, where I thought Marsh was going on that. Yeah, me neither. But nonetheless, an interesting answer. All right, let's go over these. Which country leads the world in salt production, producing over 60 million metric tons of salt per year? Marsh, after an interesting breakdown in which you slighted uh, the U.S. in terms of laying salt throughout the course of winters, mm. or lack thereof, mm. uh, you went with India. Dan, you also went India. Both of you used the options. Correct answer is... Well, you're right. It's not the United States of America. It's China. China is the correct answer. So 0-0 tie between Dan and Marsh today. In 1985, which team put up 148 points in, a, in Game 1 of the NBA Finals against the Lakers, the most points scored in a game by one team in the history of the NBA Finals? Marsh, you said the only team that uh, I really know to have ever played in the 80s, because I wasn't born yet, was the Boston Celtics. <laughs> That's not exactly what I said. But. Dan, you said the Boston Celtics. Correct answer is... It was the Boston Celtics. Nice job to both of you. Neither of you needed the options. And Marshy's not wrong. The no. Celtics yeah, and Celtics the Lakers, Lakers literally played, I think, most of the championships in the 80s. Yeah, it's a good, educated guess yeah, on that one, well Marsh. Done, uh, you. Dan, you also nailed it uh, right out of the gate. So 2-2 two, two tie between Dan and Marsh. What is the name of the former Laker whose picture is depicted on the NBA logo. A lot of you know this. Dan, Marsh, neither of you needed the options on this one. You both said Jerry West. Correct answer is... Of course it's Jerry West. Jerry West. Nice job. 4-4 tie between Dan and Marsh. So this gets interesting. Mm. Last question, which was our first question today. Both of you used the options. You chose differently, though. 
Which team in MLS is the only team to have won every one of their home games? This team is 8-0-0. Marsh, you said FC Cincinnati. Dan, you went with the San Jose Earthquakes. Here's how this works. If it's the San Jose Earthquakes, Dan, you're a winner today. You're going to advance to take on either Jamie or myself tomorrow. If it's FC Cincinnati, Marsh claims another victory today. If it's CF Montreal, who's the other option, Jamie, as we know, we got to walk off. <clears throat> Jamie, which team in MLS is the only team to have won every one of their home games at 8 0 0? FC Cincinnati. Dan. You have chosen poorly. You lose! <laughs> Dan, I don't know if this makes you feel better or worse. San Jose is 5 0 2. So they've got five wins, no losses, and two draws. But Cincinnati is the team that's 8 0 0. Marsh gets you today 5 4, but really good effort, man. And uh, how does that equate to uh, salt production and how it's distributed on the roads? Jamie's got that uh, figured out. He's got the calculations going now, mm. but he'll need uh, 24 to 48 hours to get you the answer. Yeah, Jamie, if you can get back to me on that, I'd really appreciate it. Absolutely. No no worries. I'm Dan, on it. Dan, thanks for playing. Thanks good for job, listening. Dan. You guys are awesome, man. Keep up good work. Thanks, thanks Dan. Lot, appreciate you. Thank one. you. Take care. Marsh, nice job, man. Marshy beating up Ooh. on another nice guy. Again. Super nice guy. Oh, don't get me started. Anthony <laughs> beat up on him on someone in the military whoa, on Friday. Hey, whoa, what? hey, hey. Serving our country. I gone for one him. day and you disrespect I did the men not, and women? I did not. Let's not even did joke about him? that. Yeah, I beat him. <sighs> he smoked him hey, on Jamie, a Friday, so Jamie. he didn't even get to enjoy that. No, he didn't. Well, it's a good thing he wasn't like posted somewhere else in the world or yeah. something, yeah, like disrupted yeah. from his family. Yeah, he's posted in Germany. Oh my gosh, Jamie, if you what came, what's wrong with you, Jamie? If you came back off from the day off, and we told you that after what I did last week, yeah, I threw a gauntlet, yeah, for any reason, uh-huh. how would you have felt? Well, when it comes to the military, I'd have been just fine with that, Anthony. You son of, you're unbelievable. There are certain circumstances. You're unbelievable. There are certain circumstances. Play to win, Jamie. Unbelievable. And I respect our men and women of the military. Do you? Yes. <laughs> you wouldn't want me to do, tank it. That attitude that you have right now, I can sense it a little bit. I'm sure Jamie can too. Oh, I need boy. you to redirect that towards the the Cardinals. Yeah, we got to get back into these uh, this poor excuse of a baseball team. More mic drops. What's the problem? What's the shakeup? Thank you to our military, by the way. Thank you to our military, absolutely. We'll get back into the Cardinals next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If I were in charge of the Cardinals, the first thing I would address is the most important aspect of my success, the fan base. I would tell John Mozeliak to hold a press conference, Tim Tebow style, in which he would apologize to St. Louis Cardinals fans for the failures of his front office, and he would vow to do better. Then I would tell Oliver Marmol privately that he has until the trade deadline to get this team within five games of the central lead or he will be out of a job, plain and simple. 
I really like the concise manner in which that mic drop was was laid out. Marsh, you get the name there? That was Luke. Luke, thank you. If you have a mic drop, you can leave it via the 101 ESPN app. Love to hear your thoughts on it. Nobody's got the exact reason why this team is currently eight and a half games back of the first place Pirates, why they've lost seven of their last ten. Even though the, there's a lot of clear, hey, it's Ollie, or hey, it's Mo, or hey, it's whatever, it's in reality a combination of all that. I like the deadline he put on. Yeah, he he had he had mile markers there. I like that. I do. I like that a lot. Get within five games. Is the roster good enough to get within five games? That's the other aspect. I think the offense <laughs> is good enough to get within five games. But why are you saying just the offense? Your starting pitching has been really good lately. Yeah, but the problem is, Jamie, there you you're you're finding ways to lose at certain times. So yes, the starting pitching has been good. The offense has scored. The starting pitching has been great since May 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 twenty fifth. The problem is you've scored. You're tied for the least amount of runs scored within that that time. Yeah. Over the weekend, it was a combination of bad defense, bad fundamentals, some bad pitching, some lack of all. Like it, you're you're finding different ways to lose. So this is the worst of it. Honestly, this is the worst case scenario. Because you you can't you you can throw a dart, you're not going to hit the bullseye, but you're still going to hit something on the board. That's the problem. Yeah, I mean you can really slice it up here. It's the pitching, it's the managing, it's this that everything. Just throw a, a blind dart, you're going to hit something. That's a problem. You're not wrong. You're not at all. I'm just which wondering. I think a lot of people would then go back to hey it's Mo's fault or hey it's Ollie's fault. At the end of the day, quite honestly, it's it is Mo's fault. Okay, so if we're going to place blame on one person, mm-hmm. and I think John Mosellock would agree to this. Maybe he wouldn't. I don't know. But this is the team he put together. So whether the players are underperforming, which I do believe that to be true, or whether he doesn't have the players that consist that that can consistently perform to the level that they need, then that's the players' fault. Or it's bad evaluation of talent. Yeah, and if this is the starting rotation that he thought was going to be able to take him to a division title, and then into the playoffs, you know, all of this falls under Mo's umbrella mm. because he has the final say. I shouldn't say that. He almost has the final say over the roster. Now the Dewitts only get involved in the Arenados, the Goldschmidts, the Contreras. That's it. Even Wayno, maybe this offseason, maybe the rest of it, that's all Mo. He has he has complete control of that roster because they know that the rest of the roster is not just breaking the bank. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the big heavy hitters with their salaries, the DeWitts have to sign off on those contracts or those trades. So at the end of the day, it's John Mosellock's team. It's John Mosellock's staff. This is the staff he chose to put in place. So more so than the manager who may not be managing the right way or making decisions that you may not like, who hired the manager? John Mozeliak. Who put the players on the field for this manager? John Mozeliak did. So although the players have to go out there and perform and the manager has to make the right decisions, the guy who put the, the roster together, mm-hmm. 
is I think where you have to look. And I'm not saying that John Mosellock has to go. Oh, fire Mo. No, I'm not saying that. But it would be nice if if there was some accountability there. If if John Mosellock did the Doug Armstrong and said that, hey, it starts with me. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I made some decisions that uh, you know weren't the right ones. Maybe I should have done X, Y, and Z. I didn't. Yeah. Um, you know, but I believe Ollie Marmel's doing a great job with what he's been provided. I think the players are inconsistent. Like he he's allowed to get out there and tell the truth. Mm-hmm. So that that's where I go with it. I think that you have to go as far up the food chain as you possibly can to the person who makes the most decisions or the most important decisions and ultimately it falls on them. Do you think Ollie would even be fired? Since he somewhat is a reflection of Mo's decision making when it comes to the man, to be his third manager, that is why I don't think he'll be fired. I, I don't think he will be either. This is not my opinion. This is my prediction. For I, sure. do, I don't think he's going to get fired mm-hmm. Mo, because of our, Molly. Molly, that Mo. was Mo and Ollie together. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> good gosh, Ollie, yeah. Ollie. No, I don't. Okay. For exactly what Marsh just said, you. F- you fired Matheny mm-hmm. at the end of that run. You let go of Schilt. You you made the decision to hire Matheny. You made the decision to hire Schilt. You made the decision to promote Ollie. This is an organization that does not churn that has not churned through managers up until recently. I don't think Ollie will be let go because of that. I think to Jamie's point, the roster will be looked at. I had mentioned what I would do if I were Ollie. And if you missed that earlier, because we're getting a lot of great thoughts here throughout the course of the show, and we'll continue to play your mic jobs. But for me, one thing that would be in my control if I'm Ollie is to shore up the defense. I would have my best defense on the field at all times and go from there. It, it's, not a, it's not a cure-all. It's not fix-all. But it is one aspect that I can specify. I'm going to fix the defense, and we'll see what the domino effect is. I'll tell you what I'd do if I was Mo. That's next in the Fast Lane on one oh, ESPN. Oh, my. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hey guys, it's Mo. Listen, I'm on the back nine right now, but here's what we need to do. Trust the process, all right? The process is how the Cardinals make the playoffs and get knocked out in the first round, declare the season a success, rinse and repeat. Okay, have a good day, guys. (laughs) That sounded like a combination of Mo and Dr. Evil. It was totally. By the way, I watched Austin Powers last night. It's funny. I forgot how good that was, by the way. Really good. That's funny. Austin Powers. Austin Powers. That's a good series. Jamie Rivers. Maybe Mo is Dr. Evil to the fan base. I think he is to a lot of people. 40 million DHs. <laughs> uh, Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stoltz. Appreciate everybody listening today. So I, I had teased what I would do if I was Mo. 
I had talked about what I would do if I was Holly. I would try to control what I can control right now. I can't do anything about the roster. I, I'm not the one making trades. And there is no right now there is no trade market. So there's there's nothing for, for Ali to do outside of what's what he could do immediately with this roster. I, I would attempt to fix the defense first. I would take one step there, fix try to fix the defense, get my best defensive players out there. I would take Jordan Walker, put him in the DH spot, say, hey, just just hit kid, and we're gonna work before games on your outfield. And you will get games in the field, but right now I gotta solidify things. Ollie can obviously disagreed. He's got Walker right back in the outfield today, and Gorman's his DH. Yeah, he just said screw you. He said screw you, Stalter. Yeah. I'm like, okay. If I'm John Mozalock, knowing that my roster isn't good enough, and to Dr. Evil slash Moe's point there, <laughs> even if even if the Cardinals were to get back into the NL Central race, yeah, and and win the division, your roster isn't good enough, period. You don't if, think this roster is a championship roster? I do think? not, Jamie. Of course not. As we drew closer to the deadline, if I were Mo, let's just say we're still eight and a half games back at that point, seven and a half, whatever. What do you do at that point? Man? I'm seriously. Tra- I'm I'm field I'm fielding calls on everybody first and foremost with the with the idea that I'm not going to trade most of my roster. Okay, I'm not I'm not going into a full rebuild. Cardinals the Cardinals are never going to go into a full rebuild. So I'm not doing that. I will listen, though. I'll listen on my roster. I'll listen on the minor leagues. But I I have to move, if I'm Mo, DeYoung, Montgomery, Flaherty, Hicks. Those are the four names that I would need to move, in my opinion, if I were Mo. My cycloptic colleague informs me that that can't be done. What? Why? It just can't be done, Anthony. It can't be done. Your timing was impeccable on that, that Marsh. great. But those are the four names that, that I would be looking to move at the deadline. I would hope that DeYoung, I would throw O'Neal in there if O'Neal if, if O'Neal is going to be healthy. I don't know. Uh-huh. He's, he's supposed to, now he apparently his back is okay. But so include well, they, O'Neal. They had that uh, uh, freeze spray. The biofreeze. Yeah, like a soccer player. The icy hot. Is that what it was? That's basically what it is. Yeah, it's icy hot. They're like, oh, this works. Who knew? And uh, Tyler's good to go now. There you go. I don't know what sort of return I would get on these guys. I would hope that DeYoung was in one of his like good spurts at that point, so that I could deal him. Montgomery would get me something. Flaherty would get me something. Hicks would get me something. Contenders are going to be looking for pitching, and it's going to be a seller's market. So if I am, unless barring a complete turnaround, that's what I would do if I were Mo, and I would target pitching. I would target AAA pitching. Or if some, if a contender, you know, it's if it's a Montgomery situation, and a contender's like, hey, I got a guy that's not going to make the postseason rotation. But he would be a starter in your rotation. Then I would target that. But I would be targeting pitching if I were Mo, and I would I would use DeYoung, Montgomery, Flaherty, and Hicks to do so. So if That's you're targeting pitching, why are you getting rid of it? Because Flaherty, I'm not going to resign. Yeah. And Montgomery, I'm probably not going to resign. Provided, why, would you, why would you not take a run at Montgomery? Because I think Montgomery is test is will test the market, and I don't know Especially if after he's this year. <laughs> 
Seriously, to get out of this Saint is Louis the worst case scenario for well, yeah, a guy like why Jordan. Why would any of these players want to, want to come Yan- back to this situation? And Montgomery didn't want to leave the Yankees to begin with. Drew, you liked it there. He liked it there. Mm-hmm. He came here. He was upset. He was ticked off. But then the Cardinals got you know playoff fever and all that stuff. But now there's, there's no fever here. No fever pitch here. No, there's no, there's mm. not much of anything. Mm. So that's uh, that's if I'm Mo, that's what I would do. You know, I have one simple request. And that is to have sharks with frickin' laser beams attached to their heads. Oh, I like that. I mean, if I could get that in return, mm-hmm. I would. I would. You know that that's that grass out in center. Yeah. yeah. I would turn that into a shark tank, and sure. uh, we get the sharks with laser beams. How cool would that be, though? Honestly, in center field, to have that, you could actually still keep the grass on top. But have like a tank underneath. Yeah. So and the wall would be clear. I love it. So you have sharks with laser beams. Mm-hmm. Freaking laser beams. Yeah. Swimming around in center field. Think that'd be a distraction? I think I think it'd be a, a great distraction do you for fans. When the balls hit just over are you short arming in that? For fear that Am am I O'Neal or somebody else? Uh wow. I mean that's a really good point. I I, I mean are you jogging and short arming or just one? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not ideal. That's probably I'd leave him in left field at that point. Okay. Anthony, yeah. what's up with you and sharks? No I kidding. Did, I didn't bring this of course, up. Of course, Anthony liked the idea. I didn't bring this well, up. Well, you liked the idea. You you played the cut, and then Talk I gave you my— Mo. That was Mo talking. You played the cut. To other people. From, it was clearly from Austin Powers, and I reacted like, to the cut. sounded like— And as Jamie— As the text lines call him— uh, Mo Moville Moville Doctor Moville <laughs> Doctor Moville To Jamie's point Doctor Emo <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys I guess we can make some moves <laughs> Whatever Is that uh What's his face Eeyore Eeyore no, It sounds like Eeyore. kind of It sounds like that's Eeyore. how I sound like now at press conference <laughs> Well I, don't know, I mean we got a baseball team. <laughs> They're supposed to be better, but they're not. I don't really know what to do. Be patient. I'm just going to stay away from the media. You don't even have to stay away. You just say be patient. Just be patient, I guess. <laughs> Your version of Mo. <laughs> That's not Mo. It's been terrible. That's Mior. That's Mo and Eeyore <laughs> together. Wow. There's so many different renditions of Mo. <laughs> We're crossbreeding everywhere. We're apparently. <laughs> All right, let's get to our sports six pack. 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. If you got a question for us, send it in. We'll do our sports six pack next. Can you remind me what I pay you people for? Honestly, throw me a bone here. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over forty-two years. the sports six back in the fast lane on 101 espn i thought marsha's gonna ask the first question i don't know why (laughs) 
So, so first off, I don't nervous. know why. I, I, I flipped the two segments. I, I flipped what's trending with Sports Six Pack. I started talking and what's trending. And in Sports Six Pack, uh, I was trying to have Marsh set it up. Anthony, yeah. it's a Monday. It happens. It's a tough day for Anthony today. It's okay, Anthony. We got you. I had to watch that crap over the weekend. What do you want from me? Yeah. You're not wrong. All right, here's your first question. Question one, please. Question number one. From the 636, could you see Wainwright being traded if the Cardinals are sellers at the deadline? Absolutely not. Here's how I would do it. I would go to Wayno and say, hey, this wasn't the final season that we were all hoping for. If I get calls on you, what would you like me to tell them? That's what I would do if I'm Mo. Because if, if Wayno says, I would like to play a contender for a contender in my final year, I'm going to honor that. If Wainwright says, I'm going out a Cardinal, I'm going to honor that. If he says, it's up to you, then I'm keeping him right here and I'm letting him go out a Cardinal. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't even know if I'm entertaining it, to be honest. It's just because, like, why? Why? First of all, what are you going to get in return? All kinds of stuff. No, Wayno. I understand that, Anthony, and I like where your heart is at on this one. There's a lot of teams that are looking for five and a third, three to four in runs. No one. Question two, please. Unbelievable. Question number two. What I just heard. You're unbelievable. <laughs> the fast lane where no one's safe. Apparently not. Especially when Anthony's the driver. Yeah, no kidding. You better well, I was up. trying not to drive. <laughs> You wouldn't let me. God. <laughs> Someone texted in on Friday saying that when we were talking about the highways, mm-hmm. we were doing the sports six pack. Someone said Anthony uses 270 as his personal racetrack. Oh, he does. You must have saw me. <laughs> I've seen it. You must have drove past me. No, no. Or I drove past you. Yeah. No. <laughs> in fact, I saw you in the back. Uh, and I was like, oh, look at Anthony. He's way back there. Why is he? What, what took him so long? And then before I knew it, uh, you were right past me. <laughs> Rubbin's racing, Jamie. You're right. Good rub never hurt out anybody. Yep. Mm. Well said. Speaking of that, we are celebrating the 2019 Blues. <laughs> uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, part of that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah. He knows. Uh, speaking of hockey, though, Jamie. We saw Alex Petrangelo get in a scuffle in game four uh, at the end of that, and he came out of the penalty box. Apparently, you can't do that. Do you think he should be suspended for game number five? Yeah, so this is one of the great mysteries right now is why the Florida Panthers haven't kicked up more sand on this one. When you're a player in the penalty box and your and your time doesn't expire but the period ends one the penalty box attendant is not supposed to open the door when there's some kind of a skirmish going on fire him no but there was a <laughs> little bit of a delay on this the buzzer went and then all of a sudden Brandon Montour went in and drilled McNabb from behind to start the whole kerfuffle okay oh, I loved it and I did too I thought it was awesome <laughs> but then Petro once you're on the ice you're supposed to skate over to your bench and avoid the altercations. Petro goes right into the altercation. It's almost like leaving the bench. 
So I'm not calling for a 10-game suspension. I mean, look at Petro's one of my guys. He's my boy. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But if I'm the Florida Panthers, how am I not, like, raging over this right now? If nothing else, deflecting off of the fact that your team is down in this series as bad as they are and put the focus somewhere else. Put put the NHL on the hot seat a little bit here. This is a guy that already has been suspended for a violent act against Leon Dreisaitl, which I thought was fantastic, by the way. <laughs> but then, now, he leaves the penalty box and gets involved into an altercation. Does this player, does he just do whatever the hell he wants? I mean, that would be my argument if I was right, Florida. Right, I got you. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a bit of a... Is mi- there no decency? It's a little bit of a mystery for me how he ha- he didn't get anything out of that. And bigger mystery, how Florida's not talking about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess there's like, oh, we don't want any distractions and kind mm-hmm. of the Craig Berube hand pass thing. But this is a little different right now. Well, maybe the fix is in. I saw Gary Bettman oh, hanging out with the Florida owner. Maybe he said, hey, guys, you know, I don't think you can come back from this one, even though you came back 3-1 against Boston. That we- yeah, was Boston, though. Yeah, they did just the best they're regular dest- season team ever. In well, the history of dest- the NHL. They're, and ever, they're, Bob. They're yeah. destined to lose. I think that's the only thing you cling to if you're the Panthers right now. Because Matthew Kachuk clearly isn't 100%. I mean, he's still not 100%. He still scores a goal in the third period last game. Almost had the game-tying goal. He had it on his stick. He just couldn't get it up over the pad. Mm. But he's not healthy, clearly. He's barely played in the third period. Uh, didn't practice today. You're down 3-1. You've got to be pulling out all of the feel-good stories from your Boston series. If I'm Paul Maurice and I'm the coaching staff, I'm taking clips of every game that we won in the comeback trail to highlight that we beat the best team in the history of the game, and we were down 3-1, to one, and Vegas is not the best team in the history of the game. Pretty damn good team, but you got to try everything at this point. Question number three. Uh, a little two-parter here from the 314. First off, did you see Connor McGregor knock out the Heat mascot? <laughs> yeah. First of all, um, the Heat set that up. Yeah. They, they they set that up, and Dana White was uh, interviewed, I think it was today or yesterday, and he's like, well, what did you expect? You asked Connor McGregor, who is the ultimate showman, to go out there. Well, he's not going to WWE it. He's going to give you the real deal. And as a person, like you think that they're covered up pretty good in that mascot outfit, right? Yeah. Boy, he dropped him like a (laughs) sack of hammers. And then he gave him a nice little, you know, little one-two when he was on the ground. Then he gave him the complimentary package after that. Take that extra one with you, no charge. Yeah. And apparently now the mascot... No. No, he's just in the hospital. I think he's in the hospital. I don't think he can sue. If he's going to sue, he's going to have to sue the Heat. Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's Kent McGregor. Yeah, put me in danger. Like, I mean, that's a nice story. Yeah, Conor McGregor knocked me out. Sounds like a pretty cool story. Yeah, in a mascot Most uniform. people get yeah. paid for that pretty handsomely at this right. point. He probably got paid. He probably got 500 bucks for the night. Second part to this question, though, and we're all going to say who we think is the answer to this question at the same time. Oh, boy. Okay. So the second part to this question is, if you could knock out one mascot, who would it be? Oh, wow. wow. That's a good question. If I could knock out one mascot. Like, I have one on my mind. Automatic. Is it Bowie? Yeah. Hmm. I'm thinking of like annoying mascots. Yeah. Like, Man. what about Gritty? I don't mind Gritty. 
I think Gritty does his job properly. Mm. You know who's got a punchable face? Who's that, Brush? Yuppie. The Canadian's no, mascot. you take that back. That guy's a national treasure. <laughs> Yuppie is a goddamn icon. The hell is wrong with you, Marshy? I knew that'd get you going. Yuppie. Yuppie is Yuppie. is is distant relative of Gritty. <laughs> Gritty's side of the family went off the rails a little bit. <laughs> Gritty's an abomination. Yeah, he's the embarrassment. By the way, speaking of mascots, oh, and the I, Philly fanatic is pretty punchable too. Mm, yeah. yeah, he gets annoying, doesn't he? Who the, who who would ever attack a mascot though? Yeah, seriously. I gotta. <laughs> <laughs> I just got that. Why, why would anybody ever why hit would, a mascot? Why would somebody drop a mascot for no reason? <laughs> Our pal Jamie Rivers would. <laughs> Hershey Bear will never the be Hershey the same. Bear. That poor Hershey Bear. <laughs> he knew it was coming. Okay, you can Mike, only shake that little furry tail at me for so long yeah, and then before you get it. Sure. Good call there, <laughs> Jamie. Good call. Well said. In all seriousness, though, we, we've been talking a lot. We've had, we've had a theme throughout the course of the day. At what point do you start to look at Fred Bird as an issue? Oh, I, Anthony, I couldn't agree more. Thank you. Honestly, Fred Bird, oh, you brought us all the heat in the pandemic, right? Painting pictures out mm-hmm. there and doing little scenes and all by yourself in the crowd. What are you doing now? He's got nothing. He, I ha, have you, the, I went last week looking on milk cartons. Yeah. Fred Bird was one of them. Mm-hmm. He has done nothing for this team. And quite honestly, his performances in the Cardinal Kids show has been subpar too. Thank uh, God BT's for our guy BT carry him. and the U Man. Yeah, if it wasn't for those two, it would it'd be unwatchable. You know, <laughs> Paul the Young, Paul the Young's been living off that first half 2019. Flaherty, as we know, has been living sure. off the back half of 2019. Tyler There's O'Neal. no Tyler mm-hmm. O'Neill, all of 2021. On. Yeah. Fred Bird's been living off the 2020 pandemic performance now for for three years. He left all his creativity, his production, his successful, just a great season, okay? At what point do we start holding Fred Bird accountable for this? I think it's right now, Anthony. I do, too. Quite I agree. honestly, if I was John Mosellock tonight, um, there would be no Fred Bird. I mean, what has he done? Do you, do you healthy scratch him? And yeah. To send him, or do you just get rid of him? I think I no, I think you, no, because Fred Bird's been, been here a while. I think in order to hold him accountable... You send you send them down to Memphis, and you walk into the clubhouse, and you're if you're Mo, you walk into that clubhouse, and you look every player in the face and say, "Hey, I just sent an icon down to Memphis," and have them all look around. And, well, there's Goldie, there's Arnold. Yeah. Who's he talking about? I just sent down Fred Bird, and there is thousands of kids who came here not to see you guys, but to that no pants wearing bird, and I sent him to Memphis. If you're not going to pick it up, Fred Bird's not the only one that's going to be on I-55 going down to Memphis. It actually might help him because some people confuse Fred Bird with Red Bird, and that's the name of the Memphis team, the well, Memphis Red Birds. I'm going to clear that up Do we bring up right that? Now. Do we bring up their mascot? We could. <laughs> it's a thought. I mean. Yes, I think you do. I mean, I know that it starts the clock on that mascot. You know, maybe a little early, maybe. But hey, you know what? We're at the point now where some of these young guys, some of You're these young mascots, back. have to get a chance. You're gonna have games back. Now's the time, Jamie. Yeah. I, you know, I thought I was gonna get some pushback on this. 
but I'm glad that you guys are with me. I mean, 2020 was brilliant for Fred Bird. Yeah. 2023, he's, I mean, just, I feel like he's mailing it in. We're in the business of what have you done for me lately. Yep. And Fred Bird has not pulled his weight. I think I we agree. need to bring up Rocky the Rockin' Red Bird. That's his name. There you go. Let's go. You want to rock and roll? Bring up Rocky. You want to shake up? That's your shake up. Yep. There we go. Well said. Question number four. This one comes from the 314. Do you believe the Cincinnati Reds will win the National League Central because they have the best talent that is actually playing good baseball? No, I don't. <laughs> I think that you're a prisoner of no. the moment. They got the Hunter Green. Boy, did he He's look awesome. My God. I mean, Ellie Dela Cruz beat out a single to first so base. They've got some really good talent. They, they do. They've got some really good talent. Let's talk about that. Ellie Dela Cruz hit a ground ball to first base and was safe. Yeah, he did. And he was recorded at 31.4 miles per hour, the fastest single in the in the majors this year. And the worst part is, or the best part, is that he said yesterday, before the game even happened, I'm the fastest guy in the league. Or I'm the fastest guy in the planet. Fastest man in the oh, world yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. Like and then he hits around a, third base. He hits a two hopper to Goldie and beats Wayno and everybody did. else to first base. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, all right. Uh they do. They've got good talent. Matt McLean, who we saw in Cincinnati, had a had himself a a series. Jonathan Indy, of course. De La Cruz is the latest. They got some some good young pitching. They're they're injured outside of Hunter Green. But I know that Andrew Rabbit shoved against you, but I I, I just don't see Andrew Rabbit being a a dominant force moving forward here. I don't think they have the pitching quite yet. But that is a team that certainly looks, looks to be young and better than you at this point. So I'm watching the game the other night, and Abbott was pitching, and... Uh, you thought I, it was Jim Abbott for a second. Sure. I hear, yeah, it's his second career start, and I was like, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, he's shoving against you. Why is that? Why? Here. Question number five. Why can't the Cardinals hit against pitchers that they, they've they never really seen? Oh, they don't have any video on that There's guy, no Andrew. On I mean, that I guy's don't that, you, is that a bigger problem, though? Never pitched anywhere in the world until that night. <laughs> uh, I know you're asking a serious question. Well, I mean, right it's now. kind of serious. When you're, when you're in a slump, the way the Cardinals are offensively right now, Marsh, I'd take you. Go up there. Go ahead. You're below hitting speed. You're going to be just fine. You know what I'd do? What? I'd lay down a sacrifice bunt. No, I'm talking about you as pitching. You're oh. not You're not laying any bunts down, Marsh. Jeez. Oh. He's trying to, I mean, sacrificing himself. I appreciate you sacrificing yourself all the time. You want sack flies. You're going to lay down a sack Sacks bunt. Sacks everywhere for Marshy. We we get Andrew Marsh in a game. Just one day, one day signing for Andrew Marsh. He's going to get one at bay. He's going to lay down a bunt. He'll probably break his finger. <laughs> Everybody else would be like, I'm going to let the big dog eat. Marsh is like, let me square one up. <laughs> uh, move the runner over. Uh, more of your mic drops next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Chuck here. I don't think I can take another uh, half a season of this, guys. I just can't take it. 
knowing that we've traded away all our good players and kept all these bums. It's hard for me to stomach. I'm not even watching games much anymore. I couldn't even tell you what the final score was yesterday. I know we lost. It's brutal. Mo, the answer to your problems is get rid of yourself. See you, bow ties. <laughs> that made everybody in the, I did not see that coming. That made everybody in the studio crack up. I did not see that coming. See you, bow ties. <clears throat> My goodness. I thought he was going to say something like, Mo, the answer to your problems is in the mirror. And then when he said, get rid of yourself, boy, that just landed <laughs> with, with all of us here in the fast lane. Uh, 506, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Salter. We've been taking your mic drops throughout the course of the day. What would you do in in terms of shaking things up for the Cardinals? What's the problem? Courtney left us a mic drop as well. Let's see what Courtney has to say. Plain and simple, guys. I think what we're witnessing is Ollie managing without the help of Skip Schumacher sitting beside him as the bench coach, helping him and guiding him along with Mike Maddox to calm down the, the starters. And believe it or not, Jeff Albert, as much as people didn't like Jeff Albert, we see what it's like without Jeff Albert now. I think when you look at also, having Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols in the locker room, all that factors in to why Ali had success last season. And something told me when you have a majority of your coaching staff walk away to go to other teams when the Cardinals are supposed to be the creme de la creme of organizations, that should have been a warning to us. When you have one of your Hall of Famers decide to coach and then decide to back out. Eh. All right. I, I'm just going to state this again. I know people don't believe it. They don't buy it. But, but the truth of the matter is that Matt Holiday wanted to spend time with his family. It had nothing. It, him and Ollie. Had nothing had even happened yet. Him and Ollie are very close. I know people don't want to buy that. I know you want to buy into the conspiracy theory. All I can do, all Jamie can do, all Marsh can do, all Matt Holiday can do himself because he was on these airwaves on Friday and said the same thing. Dan asked him. Dan McLaughlin asked him. All he can do is continue to tell you what the truth is. You don't have to believe it, but this is the truth. That's absolutely Matt, the truth. Matt Holiday wanted to spend, t- spend time with his family. He, he even told the story on Friday. Jamie, I know you were out. He told Dan and I that his... Uh, his son, Jackson Holiday, who was drafted number one overall by the Orioles. Uh-huh. He, Matt said to him, hey, at any point, if you need me to go out to tra- travel to where, wherever you are, if you need me to, to, if you need me to, to uh, visit you, help, help you with anything, just say the word. And Jackson Holiday, according to Matt, said, can you come out now? And Matt jumped on a plane. He was there. I think he asked him, uh, you know, could you be there by Monday? Matt was there by Monday afternoon and helped Jackson. You know, they went to the batting cages, he said. He helped them through some stuff. Those were the things that Matt Holiday wanted to do as he reflected on whether or not to stay the hitting coach or stay the bench coach, excuse me, for, for the Cardinals. 
Matt Holliday did not foresee this coming. He did not say, oh, this is a bad situation. I'm going to bail. Mike Maddox saw the writing on the wall, saw that the Cardinals were moving in a different direction, and he left. Jeff Albert, who, by the way, everyone wanted out a year ago. Everyone wanted out two the last two years. You wanted him out. He decided the pressure apparently was too much, and he left. And everybody laughed. It had nothing to do with, hey, Ollie's an issue. Let's bail. The Cardinals were going in a different direction under Ollie Marmel. Yeah. That's the fact. I know it's boring. Do we really feel like we want Jeff Albert back? Because this offense has still put up some pretty big numbers this year. The runners in scoring position lately sucks, but apart from that, like there's a lot of things that are up. And and he's the director of hitting for the Mets. It's not like he's the hitting coach. He's the director of hitting. But the Mets the Mets have less runs than the, the Cardinals this year, offensively. Yeah, so I don't know if that, the Mets have. Yeah, I don't I, know if I'm willing to do that, guys, guys. At some point, we have to say the players aren't aren't executing. I don't know why this is difficult for for. And I'm not saying Courtney. I, well well thought out thoughts here. This isn't directed necessarily at you. This is just my belief. We put way too much onus on the lineup construction and not enough onus on the roster construction. We put way too much onus on the individual decisions when it comes to the bullpen and less onus on what happened in innings run one through six. I mean, Nolan Arenado is an absolute stud, one of the best defensive third basemen I have ever seen. And he waited back on a ball on Saturday. Yeah, was, was laid on it. Wow. Credit Cincinnati. I forget. I forget who it was who who hustled down the line. Was it Steer? I, th- I think it was McLean. McLean, maybe. I think we're both wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it was uh, that guy, Fairchild. Fairchild. Thank you. So Fairchild busts Morgan's his ass son. down the line. Morgan Fairchild's son. Son. Mm-hmm. Child. Child. Son. Child. Busts his ass down the line. And winds up being safe. And what happens immediately after that? Miles Michaelis gives up a three-run double. Michaelis should have been out of the inning. That has nothing to do with Ollie. But yet we want to wait until the seventh or eighth inning. Well, he should have pulled Arenado out of the game right should after have pulled that. Arenado out of the game, apparently. Walk right out and take him out of the game. But we want to, But we want to wait until a decision is made that backs, backfires and then blame it on Ollie. Or, it's everybody. Ollie's culpable. Mo is culpable. Mo put the roster together. Jamie, that was your point. Ollie keeps running out the same damn lineup. Ollie knows he's got a problem with the defense, yet he won't do anything about it. Those are things that Ollie is in control of that he he keeps going. But at some point, guys, you got you gotta spin around and say, Oh yeah, and the players are not executing. It's a wholesale problem. If the Cardinals had an op, if they were 39 and 27 right now, we would be talking ad nausea about the players. This player's having a great year. This player's having a great year. This player's having a great year. And, re- and, and really don't touch the, the decisions that Ollie makes. That's just seemingly how it goes all the time. Guys, it's a f- you're 27. You don't, you don't go 27, 39. It's one, one guy. No. It's everybody across the board. No, I think that, uh, I think that there can be some decisions that, have affected certain games, but 
made by Ollie, but I do feel, not only feel, I know that it's the um, decisions and execution of the players that have 100% led to the losses. So although Ollie might be a part of some of the losses, the players are the reason you're losing because they're not performing, whether it's offensively, defensively, whatever it is. You can blame Ollie for putting certain players in certain situations, whatnot, but whoever he puts in there has to perform. Right. And then even the guys that are his pillars, to your point, Nolan Arenado the other night with that one play. And it's, it's a three run. It's a three one run mistake. And it's a you know it's an anomaly because Nolan Arenado is one of the best third basemen probably in the history of the game. Mm-hmm. But doesn't matter. You know, crap is flowing downhill right now, mm-hmm. and he just happens to be a part of it. So at the right. end of the day, it, it, it's still the players that win or lose the games. Even if Ollie puts a certain player in a certain situation, that player is supposed to execute. Yes. And if they keep losing, Ollie's going to lose his job. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's midseason. I don't know if it's after the season. But if they continue to lose, he's he's going to lose. I his don't job. think they'll fire him. Uh, if they go in a different direction, it'll be in the off season I where agree. Mo revamps a whole lot of things because he's got a whole blank slate when it mm-hmm. comes to the pitching rotation. And mm-hmm. you know, I could see him kind of pivoting that way. Do you think that the players are are put uh, not necessarily in the best position, but they're they're They've been given the right tools to succeed. I'm talking about like the prep work, all that stuff, stuff that we really don't see behind the scenes. Well, Do you think maybe have that to... has any effect? Because that's the only thing I can think of when it comes to how the manager would have any effect on the players not being able to execute. Yeah, but when you look at it, Marshy, I I know what you're saying, mm-hmm. but when you look at it, you know, you think Ollie revamped everything from last year. Do you think he revamped no. all the things that they've been doing? Like, Ollie's been with this organization longer sure. than two years. Right. I'm wondering if, like, the pitching coach, the hitting coach, those new voices, not that they're not necessarily new because those guys have been with the team so far, but if they, maybe they're not uh, as experienced in that, and maybe they're a little overwhelmed with the amount of uh, work that goes into it rather than just being an assistant. I'm not saying that that's the case, but yeah, I wonder. You're just if, throwing it out there. I'm well, just quite throwing honestly, it out Dusty there. Blake was doing all the heavy lifting last year, anyway. Well, there you go. Mad Dog was the general, mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to and and. But I honestly feel like that's the 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 best combination, is you have the guy who dives into the analytics and the pitch sequence and the what's working, what isn't, and the spin rate. And you pick any analytic you want for a pitcher in any situational pitch that you need. Great, you're my guy. But then Maddox is the guy that translates that right. to the players. So Dusty Blake probably is used to the workload. What he might not be used to is translating it to the players. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's popped up a couple times. You know, Jack Flaherty alluded to some of that early in the season. Adam Wainwright has said a few things along the way where he's like, I didn't know Dusty Blake knew about pitching. Well, he's been in your organization for a couple of years now and he's been the right hand man to mm-hmm. where he's been quite honestly putting together most of the preparation for your pitchers right it feels like uh there's a lot of dysfunction right now with this organization and it, it, not every single person is on the same page I think losing, maybe, that's what happens, well, man. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's what's to, causing the losing, to be it, honest. Like, but, just little stuff like what you just said. So, yes. And then what happens is once you start the losing. Mm-hmm. Snowballs. Yeah, just now everybody's, like, pulling in a different direction. Mm-hmm. But they all feel like they're doing the right thing for the team, but you're not. Mm-hmm. 
it sucks, man. Losing becomes a really awful thing that even really good teams can't get out of. And I think that's where the Cardinals are at right now is they have some really good players that don't know how to fix this team. Our Cardinals discussion will continue. More of your mic drops next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hey guys, FedEx Brian here. Uh, so yesterday, instead of going to the St. Louis City game, my wife and I had tickets to the Cardinal game because it was Mercy Day at the ballpark. So you had probably 10, maybe 15,000 seats that were still available. And why is that? Well, for one, you don't have any kind of apology or anything from Mosellock saying, hey, I put this team out there and I screwed up. All right, that's Brian. Thanks, Brian, for the mic drop. I told you, Jamie. I told you these fine folks will stop going to Bush Stadium. Yeah. That, you know, apathy's going to set in. And you laughed. I didn't laugh. Oh, you laughed. No, I didn't laugh at that. I said that. It's a crap product, I said. Yeah, and I said people will still go, though. People it's going to go, take Ray. a lot. It will take a lot for true Cardinals fans to turn their back on the team. Well, guess what? It's happening. Or it was just a game against the Reds. Nobody yeah, cared. Maybe. I don't know. Sunday, I mean, well, a lot of things. It was a went, nice day. He went to the game. Could be. Actually, it was raining yesterday, so. Could be sold out tonight for all we know. I mean, your Giants are in town. Yeah. I can tell because you're always wearing your Giants jersey. When yeah, they're actually, wearing Cardinal Red today. No, Cardinal Anthony. Red. Uh, looks a little the I wish the cameras were on in here so yeah, our listeners too. could see how much you're lying. Red. And I don't appreciate it. Marshy, it's disgusting. This shirt, this shirt here says Frank. No, Frank? Yeah. Is that what they sell at uh, Oracle Park? Frank? That's hot dogs they, and that's what they sell hot sauce? In Billy Madison movies. Hmm. You'd get the reference, Marsh, if you weren't born. Like 15 years ago. Oh, I've seen Billy Madison. Yeah. I'd watch it again. All right. I've seen it. I'm just not giving in to your references because you've kind of irritated me. And he just Giants. Yeah. So, yeah, the Cardinals, unfortunately, will play again tonight. Uh, Another opportunity to go down to the stadium and (laughs) cry your eyes out. What? Uh, Maybe Matthew Libertor will pitch well, guys. I hope so. Here's the other thing. I I talked about what I would do if I was John Mozalock and if it's a, a situation where the Cardinals are still losing at the deadline and don't look good and it looks like oh i don't know even if they did make a, a nice run they would get bounced in the first round of the playoffs i'm trading to young montgomery flaherty and hicks you're just trading off everything and o'neill what a bitter but i don't know if O'Neill's going to be injured or not so that's i can't you know we'll put that in the me i'll put the o'neill in the maybe pile here's what i'm also doing i'm leaving matthew libertor in this rotation if he's got like a 16 ERA, after you've then traded I'll away it. two pitchers already. I'm just saying for now, Jamie. And forever. You don't have options. Libertor's in this rotation. Yeah, you don't have options. The future is now. Yeah, you don't have any other option. <laughs> 
That's my point. I mean, I like your gusto on this one, Anthony. Really digging your heels in. Mm-hmm. There's no other option. I guess even Matt's. No, you don't. <laughs> no. Verhagen? Yeah. No. Palante. I would. I don't mind that. I don't mind that, but I think Palante's got a very mm. specific role. No. Yeah, it's called one inning. You can imagine if he was in the lineup. <laughs> eh. No, not really. So Matthew Libertor, Logan Webb tonight. The Cardinals will look to generate more offense. We'd mentioned this before. The starting rotation since May 25th has been outstanding. First in ERA, first in FIP, first in uh, home runs allowed per nine, first in something else. Cardinals are tied with the Cubs in that same span for fewest runs scored. Look at that. A whopping 43 runs since May 25th. So your offense has been the problem lately. If you go back to April, of course, it was the starting pitching. Sporadically, it has been your bullpen or your defense or your base running or your managing. I think we've covered it all. Hell, Jamie and I even sent down Fred Bird earlier today. Oh, the Bat Boy's been, uh, we've been working on the times for the Bat Boy too. How quickly he gets out of the dugout to the batter's box. Mm -hmm. You know what? I think everybody should feel the heat a little bit. I think so too. If I was the Cardinals, not only would Fred Bird be getting healthy scratched, uh, I'd have a new Bat Boy there. Not to take over. You're going to get a couple innings, kid. Keep the old Bat Boy on his toes. Mm -hmm. Get to the dang bat and get back to the dugout. Don't high-five the players either. Don't get in their way. Just get the bat and get out of there. Yeah, it doesn't have. It doesn't really have to do that much when the players are carrying the bat back to the dugout themselves. No, they throw the bats everywhere. They get all it's mad. A fair point, Marsh. Temper tantrums. And they got twenty million pieces of equipment they have to take off if they get a walk. And Bat Boy has to run out there with a backpack and take it all back to the dugout. <laughs> His backpack has also got the water. That's the one with the water. Because he's doing so much running back and forth. He's got to stay hydrated out there. Uh, wouldn't that be great? If it gets hot in St. Louis. Ollie Marmel post-game tonight. Cardinals lose to the Giants. I know. Shocker. And Ollie Marmel's sitting there. I don't know where he's like, quite honestly, uh, I feel like uh, end of the third inning there, our bat boy really let us down. Mm-hmm. Didn't get out there quick enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw that uh, Goldie needed his elbow pad removed quickly. And... He needed his oven mitt for a slide. Didn't get either, so I don't want to place blame on one certain individual. The bat boy kind of let us down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. On Sunday, we left a lot of outs there on the field. On Monday, we left a lot of bats. <laughs> Too long. The bats were on the ground. Too long. Yeah. Can't Tim. have that. Winning teams don't have that. We've got to all be better, including Tim, yeah. the bat boy. That would be awesome, wouldn't it? The Rays aren't having this issue. What do you follow up with that if you're the media? What do you follow up with? Like, Ollie, 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 over here. Jamie Rivers, 101 ESPN. So what are your options then? <laughs> does, uh, what would you call him? What was his name? Tim. Tim. Uh, does Tim have options? Are you looking elsewhere? Mm. Are you looking internally? Or is this kind of like, you know, you're out on the market? Uh, we're always looking to get better every single day. And that's Why do you go area. to Belichick every every time? <laughs> it's a every freaking time he goes it's to Belichick. You're mine. Ollie Marmel right now. <laughs> the frick is wrong with you? I always go to Belichick. I know. Why? It's ingrained. I don't know. <laughs> We're not talking about open. Oh my god! Don't make me laugh. Terrible at this game. <laughs> <laughs>
Not talking about open heart surgery here. Bat Boy's got to be better. Thanks, Bill. We appreciate <laughs> you coming over from the Patriots and lending your your time. I know we just played them. We're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> Thank God we're not. Well, at least we can laugh. All right, uh, what do we got? Beat the streak is next, plus biggest question of the day. Here on 101 ESPN. Coverage of 101 ESPN is presented by Under Law Injury Lawyers. GetJim.com. Fellas, there's never been a better time to get that engagement ring or fine diamond jewelry over at Diamonds Direct. Right now, over at Diamonds Direct, it's their most exciting offer ever. Check this out. You can get instant savings up to $5,000 off any purchase, or you can enjoy special financing for up to five whole years. Either way, for you, it means you save big. You decide what works best for you. You do not want to miss this limited-time offer, and this would be an opportunity, guys. Design the perfect ring. Get Diamonds Direct already unbelievable prices and their most flexible financing options, and everything is included in this, guys. It's not just diamond engagement rings, but they got a bunch of those. It's earrings, pendants, bracelets, bands, colored gemstone jewelry, rare, precious diamonds in all shapes, in all sizes. It's We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. All right, time for the biggest question of the day. What do you got, Marsh? All right. Well, gentlemen, of course, today is We Went Blues Day, celebrating the 2019 Stanley Cup champion, the St. Louis Blues. Uh, I wanted to talk about the Stanley Cup that's going on this year and has it been what you guys expected i know for me i was hoping this game or this series would go six or seven and right now i think vegas might win the next game uh it wasn't what i expected i thought it was going to be competitive throughout just because of the way that florida has they have played up to their competition all postseason long i mean you take down boston boston had the best regular season in nhl history known to man I don't even know if that's true, but it Probably. just felt like it. But they've been, they played up. Matthew Chuck has been on a, I mean, he's just been on a tear. They've got excellent talent. Bob had been playing out of his mind. And as good as Vegas is, I, I just thought it was going to be a really competitive series. Maybe it still will be. But Vegas right now, uh, Jamie, you've been talking about it. The defense and the goaltending. Aiden Hill has been, that, it's just been outstanding. Well, Anthony, as you know, Big D is where it's at. Yeah. And if you're going to win... Wait, no, Dallas is out. They got beat by Vegas. No, big defenseman. Oh. Um, they're tough to get around. They're tough to get in the middle of the ice. But it, with all due respect to what you just said, Anthony, the Florida Panthers were two and a half inches away from putting that thing to overtime the other night. Matthew Kachuk got the puck on his stick, and not only did he score before that in a, a clutch situation... He had the puck on his stick again to put that thing to overtime. And one has to wonder if he's 100%, does that get up over the pad? Does he, you know, roof it quicker? I don't know. Aiden Hill kind of blindly throws his leg out there, makes the save. And the Vegas Golden Knights go on to win by one goal. So I think I think it's been a competitive series. I think the games where Vegas has won... Uh, especially in Vegas, were slightly lopsided where it looked like this isn't a very competitive series. Florida 
comes back at home, wins a tight one in overtime, almost send the next one to overtime. It's almost more of a heartbreaker for the Panthers to be down three to one now on the heels of that happening. So uh, look at the Vegas Golden Knights. That team is as deep as any team I've seen in the Stanley Cup final for a number of years now. From their first line to their fourth line, it, it, they actually, we talk about the Panthers, how they reminded us of the 2019 Blues. The Vegas Golden Knights, quite honestly, remind me more of the Blues. They don't have a superstar forward. They've got Eichel, they've got Stone, they've got really good, but they don't have that dynamic superstar guy. They're four lines deep where Bruce Cassidy is starting their fourth line against the Kachuk line the other night. Where do we see that? Bruce Cassidy literally saw that against his Boston Bruins Mm -hmm. when Craig Berube started Steen, Sundquist, and Barbashev almost every frigging game. So when I look at the Golden Knights' big defensive core, a goalie that kind of come out of nowhere. Like, there's a lot more things that check the boxes. Alex Petrangelo. Alex Petrangelo. Ivan Barbashev. These guys are pretty good. That Petro guy's pretty good. And they're one game away from being crowned Stanley Cup champions, which that'll be tomorrow night. I can't even imagine what that city will be like if Vegas wins in Vegas. Like, Vegas is obviously a very happening spot anyways um we'll see game five tomorrow between the panthers and the golden knights pregame at 6 30 we have game five tonight between the heat and the nuggets final game my heat got a lot of work to do nobody final game everybody <laughs> doubts everybody doubts them that's when the heat are at their best tip off at 7 30 right after the stanley cup final game seven we're gonna re-air game seven four years ago today Six o'clock to seven thirty, uninterrupted, no commercials. Start to finish, game seven between the Blues and the Bruins. We got beat the streak now. Our guy Bill is on the line, and I believe Bill is leading us, right, Marsh? What's, He's certainly. What's is. the standings? hit baseballs. All of my successes depend on me. You ready to hit? The hits just keep on coming. And his first big league hit is a bullet up the middle. So Bill is at six. That is his current streak. Jamie, you're at three. You're in second. Anthony with two, and I have one. All right, Bill. What's up, man? How you doing? Your strategy last week paid off. You went. You, you decided yep, to go good. last. I'm going to do it again. Wow. Okay. I like it. Jamie, you're up. All right. Brendan Donovan for a hit tonight for me. All right. Jamie's going with uh, Donnie Baseball. I'm going to go with Tyro Estrada. Oh, Eric's brother. Nope. Wrong guy. Eric was great on chips. Different. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, Tyro Estrada. great hair. No, I know who you're talking that about. smile, the pearly whites. Different family. He was my favorite on that show. That's good. Uh, Marsh. Yeah, I'm going to go with Anthony Stalt. I mean, uh, Austin Slater, uh, the center fielder for the Giants. <laughs> if you he look at it quick, guy. if you look at it quick, it might look like my name. All right. Uh, so, Bill, Wild Bill. I'm going to go. I'm going with Goldsmith. All right. Oh, there you going go. Going out of the limb, eh, Bill? Well, we left it. Well, for you know, 
Somebody's got knocked Donovan in after he gets ahead and lead off. Oh, oh he was nice to I you, like too. It, Bill. Bill. I liked your style. Jamie, you yeah. sewered him. I didn't sewer Bill. Yeah, you did. I t- I, I, that I was said, pretty messed up. I said that's yeah. a great pick, Bill. What? That's disgusting. That was almost as bad did. as Anthony beating one of our armed uh, forces uh, on Friday. Yeah, one of the guys terrible. in the Bill. What do you think of that? By the yeah. way, Anthony taking down one of our military personnel in the gauntlet. Well, you know he has to do something. He blew his streak, so he's got to. You know, he's got to start picking on everybody. It's okay. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Bill. That was a no, that was a side swipe <laughs> crap sandwich, nah. Anthony. No, nah, it wasn't. Bill meant it. <laughs> I know he did. <laughs> Bill meant every word of it. Hey, good luck, Bill. Uh, thank you. See you guys tomorrow. All right. See, I like the confidence there. So Bill's up to six now. He, he's backing it up, man. Yeah, he is. The record for the listener is eight. Oof. The all-time and is ten. Jamie had ten right, yeah. out, of, right out of the yeah. gates. It's an easy game. Easy game, he says. So Bill took <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt to continue his streak tonight. Marsh has Austin Slater. Uh, Jamie has Brendan Donovan, and I took Tyro Estrada. There's your Donnie's leading off the game with a hit. Do you think so, huh? Yep. First uh, at bat for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Donnie, little bloop. I'm going to call it little bloop over second base slash shortstop. Mm-hmm. In a round first. Acting right like he's going to take Maybe two. Maybe a, a bloop and a blast. Goldschmidt hit a home run. No, that won't happen. No. What? No. Arnado's going to hit the home no, run. I was no, I think Goldschmidt would. Goldie's going to get on, knock him over to third, be first and third, and Gorman's going to take it yard at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. None of this has happened. Probably get three up, three down in the first inning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll wrap up the show yeah, next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you miss any of our show today, make sure you download the podcast, available at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We talked to you a lot about the Cardinals. You told us what you would do. We told you what we would do, what shakeup. One of the shakeups was uh, sending Redbird to, uh, or Fredbird to Memphis for their mascot. Jamie also put the bat boy on notice. I Everybody's thought, on notice at this point. I thought we covered a lot of ground today. So we appreciate you listening. Nice job. All right, Marsh, what do you got for criticisms and compliments? Yeah, um, I'm actually going to throw out a a proposal for both of you. Uh, We have two different mic drops that we can play right now. Uh, We're only going to choose one. What? I need you to choose which one we're going to play. We have John Fozalock responding to Brian, FedEx Brian, Mm -hmm. about the capacity at Bush Stadium and how many seats were empty the other day. Okay. Or we had the 6-1 hate. Oh, Talking John about F- John Mosellock. No, John Fozalock. I don't have time for hatred in my world right now. So this is John Fozalock on FedEx Brian. Perhaps some listener on listener crime, which we always <laughs> encourage. <laughs> so I think that, you know, when when you give give the simpletons or or non bfibs a, a line of communication, uh, you know, you're going to hear some pretty crazy things. And I think it's, I think it's important to, to start with facts, right? So 
uh, you know, the fact is, is, is UPS is far greater than, than FedEx, right? So we all know that. So I think it's important for Brian from, from FedEx to, to realize that, you know, he loses all credibility when he states his name. And hopefully he wasn't, uh, you know, driving while, while doing that. Um, he could hurt somebody, but um, personally, I think he needs to just pipe down. Uh, you don't know. It could have been a heavy night of B-fibs that had to go to the bathroom or had to, to get up and get concessions. So um, every night's been a sellout. Every seat has had a butt in it. And I think Brian from, from FedEx should just, um, you know, quiet down. And, you know, that's why we're a UPS team. <laughs> that's as unmeasured as we have heard John Fosalock ever. He's coming unrattled. unrattled. He is. He is rattled. Even He's he doesn't coming know unrattled. what to do. Yeah. He's got no answers for this. Mm-hmm. Wano's got no answers. John Fosela's got no answers outside just to attack. He's, he's, he's resorted to attacking people now. It is pretty upsetting when even John Fosalock is not taking accountability right. for, yeah. for what's going on in this organization. He, maybe, maybe I, you know, I don't even want to say it. I don't want to get rid of him, but... FedEx Brian has responded on the text line. Uh-oh. Well, you can imagine. It's pretty simple response and this is independent of any thoughts of the fast lane or 101 espn or the hubbard radio family good disclaimer he just says uh ups sucks <laughs> from brian from fedex brian from fedex brian yeah yeah, so yeah. yeah. i okay. think a pretty predictable response but nonetheless i feel like brian needed a voice there good job jamie we did get a compliment from Swan. He said, great show today, guys. Hoping the cards can pull a win out today. Side note, my favorite part of today's show was the crucial discussion on if Kirk Cousins is a Hall of Famer as it needs to be had. Yeah. Well, I, I thought we covered that pretty well today. I'm still getting over that whole thing. Mm-hmm. So let's just keep the feet moving here. Hall of Fame. My God. <laughs> <laughs> what? Marsh, we were busy walking out the door did you say that uh, kirk cousins won what what award uh yeah he won i believe it was the bart star award ah. in uh in 2022 now i have no idea what that war what that award encompasses but it is uh, an but award. it does sound important yeah it's made up i don't think so i think uh, it's a real i award. think it's made up i think it's an award we just don't know what yeah. it's for i tried I to google that... it and i couldn't find barely anything jamie i need to be quiet it's definitely an award uh it's fake Kirk Cousins uh, has gave it to a ton of different accomplishments, and um, he did. You know, it should be definitely discussed further, especially oh. after they win the Super Bowl this year. Oh, so yeah, clearly, Bart Starr Award given to the player who best exemplifies outstanding character and leadership in the home, on the field, and in the community. There you go. And on afternoon games, <laughs> specifically at one o'clock in Minnesota. <laughs> Russell Wilson won it the year before. <laughs> Stanley Cup Final Game 7. Relive it right now. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.